Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum, anytime, baby. Support our sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. They've got great products. Whether you're a geek or you've got an event coming up and you're just looking to look good, go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20. Tell them Axel sent you. Today is Monday, December 30th, 2019, and this is the Top 10 TV Shows of 2019, Part 1. Welcome back, everyone, to Daily DVR. This is Part 1 of a very special end-of-the-year edition. My name is Axel, and with me today is Ando. What's up, pal? Oh, not much. Just recovering from the holiday. Uh, that's that's about it. Sleeping and uh, watching uh, my three-year-old kid play with his toys. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Oh, man. Lachlan and I had such a great day yesterday. We played with like a racetrack, video games, magic set, a rock set. He has like a rock mining set where you like oh, hit yeah. something and then like, like, you know, little minerals or rocks fall out. He loves that uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> um yeah the holidays are always fun the gifties santa comes baby well yeah. <laughs> uh today we're not going to talk about santa we did talk about santa with john though that was super fun doing a christmas story i don't know if you got a chance to listen to that but we had a blast doing that and that's on the feed everybody you can if you, uh, if you can be- if you can believe it it's one of the f- classic movies i have never seen whoa really I have never seen a Christmas story. I I own the Blu-ray of it, even that I got for cheap a couple of years ago, and I have just never gotten around to watching it. I I know some of the stuff about it, but yeah. I've never sat down to watch it. I'm kind of ashamed. Wow! I'm going to have to now just so I can listen to the pod you guys did the other day. I think that's actually kind of cool. I mean, we all have movies like that. You know, it happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't watch every. I mean, that's you know, unless your yeah. whole life is dedicated to it. <laughs> unless um, I retire, then maybe, maybe I got go. a chance. But that one, I'll tell you what. As opposed to some other kind of schmaltzy, they drag a little. You're kind of a Christmas story is like a tight one hour and thirty minutes. It's ninety minutes. Bam, you're in, you're out. And that's one of the things we were talking about. Is like it's just so well paced. It's just basically like the last couple days before Christmas. Okay. And you just kind yeah, of speed through it. Because really all I know is like the, like I know the leg lamp is from there yeah. and they shoot your eye out. I mean, I just, I know like the things that are in pop culture, but I, it's, I really just need to sit down and watch the thing because I'm sure I'll love it. Yeah. Well, I found the leg lamp listeners who are wondering, I mentioned that on the show with John. <laughs> But uh, my brother-in-law, I was in an old league called the LC. It was the Loser Crew, and that's from like Goonies, yeah. right? So that was kind of a film, no, Loser, uh, it's it. Oh, that's it. You're right. That's it. Okay. Um, but there was some other thing that they had too that was Goonies related. But because um, it's like his group of friends, and they uh, they invited me into their fantasy football league, but that kind of dissolved. So then I asked mm-hmm. if I could use that same trophy, and it's like a trophy of the Fragili lamp. So oh, I'm going to get it. And cool. Andy, you're in the league too, so I'm going to get a new plaque that says oh. like STD Fantasy Football. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it's it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, that STD is not 
uh, sexually transmitted disease. It's the <laughs> college motto that the the art the league started with people from Livingston College, Rutgers, and uh, that our league uh, our motto was strength through diversity. And since you won, you had to conveniently bring it up on the pod today. Yes, of course. I did find it, and I am the winner, baby. I beat Solo, who, by the way, will be with us on Wednesday, New Year's Day. We're going to be doing part two of this show. That's going to be – we're going to split everything up. We have mine and Andy's list today, and then I'm going to do with Heath just Heath's list, and then a bunch of listener lists are split between them. So we got like 17 or 18 lists, and we're going to split them up. Do half today, half with Solo, uh, and just talk all about TV because it's the end of the year, man. I can hardly even believe it. It's the end of the decade, but it's hard for me to conceive of life in like decade length. So that doesn't really have a lot of meaning to me. Yeah, we're only a few days away from the 20s. I yeah. still can't wrap my head around <laughs> that one. The roar. But do you like, do you think in your, like, I can think of a year, but. I just think after that, it's so arbitrary. I mean, yeah, it's kind of arbitrary, but like when it comes to media stuff, I kind of, I don't really do, do it by year so much as like big milestones. Like, like the matrix was a big one for me, stuff that was pre matrix and after matrix. And then mm-hmm. that kind of thing, if that makes sense or pre star Wars, after star Wars, that kind of thing, it, instead of the actual yeah. year. Yeah. So more of a, a milestone, right? Yeah. Or post pre lost, post lost, that kind yeah. of a thing. Well, that does make sense because that is actually how things are affected, not like what we do decade by decade. It, yeah. it gets so messy. It's it's easy to write a book that way and to categorize, but most yep. often you find that like, you know, Hollywood changed in like the middle of the 60s. Yep. You know what I mean? Not really the end, not the beginning, you know, like music yeah, too. Like Right, like, like it's now now starting to see all the Game of Thrones stuff. I mean, we're going to be in the yeah. post Game of Thrones era now. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, yeah, it's definitely that's kind of how I usually look at that stuff because yeah, it's it's easier to do a, a yearly list, but it's harder to harder to qualify things. I think. Yeah, decade is a little hard, but this year, man. I mean, I look through our lists, so we both pulled an Anna. And um, that is a reference to Anna in Indiana, where she famously put, uh, like, doubled a bunch of things on a film list. I think and, once or two, one or twice was like three or four at one spot. Yeah. Even, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to get Anna back. Anna, if you're listening, come on the pod. We got to get Anna back on a pod. Um, let's see. We I have two number 10s. You have two number 9s. And then I broke it down to just kind of start out our conversation because it has been quite a year. I mean, obviously, you have the further rise of streaming. Uh, The networks in many ways have kind of given up on trying to do any serious serialized dramas. You know, they've leaned more into uh, the kind of uh, episodic drop in more character-based fare, and it really shows. This is the breakdown. This is including our top 10 only, no honorable mentions, because we both have like five different (laughs) categories Uh, of honorable mentions, including shows we like because we either listen to podcasts about them or did podcasts about them. That's a separate (laughs) separate category. Um, But here's the breakdown. 
HBO, so and this does add up to 22. HBO, six. Netflix, six. Amazon, five. Hulu, two. FX, one. AMC, one. Disney Plus, one. So just looking at that list, Disney Plus, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, and HBO, even though it is a cable, I do kind of consider them a streamer now, even ahead of the Warner streaming and HBO Max coming out. Um, I do kind of consider them more of a streamer because I know so many people who don't have cable and subscribe to HBO uh, Go or HBO Now, I should say. Yeah, well, that's I have uh, I still have Directv. I still haven't yeah. cut the cord, but I uh, I don't out of all the HBO stuff I watched this year, I think all of it was through HBO Go. I don't think I watched anything live when it aired on HBO. That is a great point, Andy. That's the same thing my wife and I do. I just turn that on because yeah. I maybe it's because um, I watch everything through the Xbox and I yep. play games too, so it's just on. I'm on it already. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I use my Fire Stick all the time, just because it's. And for me, it's it's the quality through my Fire Stick is better than what my Directv quality is, so it's an easy choice for me. Yeah, you know, I have that issue too. I noticed that, um, with a lot of fast motion, I guess I probably have to get a new DVR uh, here on the DVR Podcast Network. The guy needs a new DVR. <laughs> Uh, but I get a little <laughs> stuttering on a lot of fast motion through DirecTV. Yep. Um, yep. And I don't get that. And, the, and the, the truth of it is you are getting a higher quality signal through the Xbox Fire Stick or whatever than you are getting through DirecTV in these boxes that they have. You know, they compress it. And it's... And I'm not, I'm not positive either. It might be my equipment I'm listening to it, but I've noticed the sound is a lot better. The di- the dialogue's a lot crisper. Yeah. The sound effects are more crisp when I when I don't watch it through the, my direct TV. Well, I think it's just all about you know some uh, tech person could come on and tell us about how data packets are sent and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I end up doing the same thing, so that's why I consider HBO a streamer because I watch it through. A, their streaming app, you know, and most people I know do that too, as we've just illustrated. So HBO six, Netflix six, Amazon. Now I'm guessing, do you get Hulu? Yes. Okay. Oh, but you didn't have any Hulu shows because I was I, I to Hulu. Um, a couple of the Hulu stuff I have not, I have not watched. I have not seen some of their flagship originals. So I have I actually haven't watched Handmaid's Tale or some of the the other originals a lot of the stuff i've watched on hulu it's been catching up on other networks i think that's it's interesting man we're starting to see the way that people use these services like um amazon for instance i think in the past a lot of people would kind of compare like amazon to netflix to hulu but now you see that amazon is really they're different, even though they have like they're going to have Lord of the Rings, and they had five on our list. Those shows were yep. released like months apart, you yep. know. Whereas some of the Netflix shows, it was like on consecutive weekends. Every yeah. week, yeah. Netflix releases like four <laughs> or five original shows now. Yeah, so that's the, a, uh, that's a big difference. Well, I was thinking about it too when you mentioned Hulu. I. I know that they kind of did it quietly, but after the Disney Fox thing went through, they pretty much have moved all of FX stuff onto Hulu now. 
A, yep. One of the, my the show that I talked about, I watched it through Hulu because the entire the, the entire current season is there. Yep, that's true. And, and they, soon they, they move most of the FX stuff, and I still love FX. So, yeah, dude. Soon yeah. they're gonna have they're gonna rebrand parts of Hulu as FX yep. on Hulu, and they're yep. going to make shows just for Hulu, but they're FX yeah. shows. Like and I, I mean, with Disney owning that now, I mean it's it's only a matter of time before the Lost reboot is on Hulu. I'm my guessing. I'm yeah. guessing we'll be covering it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, we'll at least do. Yeah. We'll at least do the first episode. You know, um, <laughs> I have a feeling though. If they, I mean, I I kind of feel like if they they I could see them doing definitely a lost thing, but they got to kind of break it out generationally. Cause you could do a lot of interesting, yeah. fun kid adventure stuff, but yeah. Oh man. All right. That's a whole nother podcast. I'm yeah, actually yeah, still, Oh, go ahead. We don't, yeah, we don't need to go down that deep hole. No, dude. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that, but I will remind Brett that I, Brett, I still have your email of your awesome, like what you're lost. Uh, follow up would be and uh, solo and I talk about doing that pot. So one day we'll do that podcast. What our what our sequels to loss would be. But um, okay, th- I know I know Brett's busy with a small child right now, but you need to get him on here because I want to hear that email myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. It's really good. Uh, that was fun. Um, but yeah, gosh, man, that'd be fun to do. But you start to see the difference in how Netflix seems to be really more so trying to compete with like a network, a cable, an HBO in the amount of stuff that they're dropping. Whereas even Hulu and Amazon aren't doing that much. And Disney plus dropped with some stuff, but it's going to be another six months or something even longer before a new show drops on Disney plus. Um, So once the Mandalorian's off, it's kind of just going to be their catalog, you know? So Netflix and is yeah, like create I, it. I just saw before we went on the air too, uh, Favreau just announced that Mandalorian isn't coming back till the fall of 2020. So it's almost mm-hmm. a full year before there's even another Mandalorian season. Wow. Mando, baby. Mando! The, uh, Love me. And what you were saying about HBO, they are definitely, uh, definitely adding. I mean, they have Monday night original programming. And I think yeah. that's the first time they've done that is this year. I think his dark materials was a Monday night show. I think you are absolutely right, my friend. And they are going to, they have announced quietly like 10 or 20 shows for HBO max. And a lot of them, people aren't sure. Is it going to be on HBO? I think they're going to make them and try to feel like this goes on the cable. This just goes on the yeah. streamer, you know? Um, yep. but they, I think it's really turning into a battle between HBO and Netflix as people who are going to drop like just tons of different variety of programming. Whereas Amazon yep. and Hulu, you get it a couple things a year, but it's really high quality because, as you see, I mean, they made the list. It's just like a different framework. Um, yeah. And AMC is like his own thing. They they are not owned by any of these companies. And they are still trying to do, they're still doing these Walking Dead movies. They're still trying to do their own streaming. So AMC is kind of still, they interest me, you know, they still have great 
like what we have on the list here. We won't spoil, but the 1 AMC show is just wholly original. They will give a chance to stuff like that. I still like that they do that. Even though it's Walking Dead Central, they'll still give <laughs> yeah. something weird a chance. It's, it's amazing that hasn't been scooped up by somebody else, honestly. You know, I think I, I put this article on the Facebook page, and I think you had read it and commented on it about people making predictions for this year. And there's no Apple yeah. TV stuff that we have listed here. Um, and some of the predictions were like somebody was like, somebody will buy AMC some or try or somebody will buy. Um, yeah, buy Netflix or, yep. Yeah, or Apple buy Netflix or, or, or uh, Amazon buy Apple Studios or Apple give up, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. Of making TV because did you check out any of the Apple shows? I did not. That's uh, That was the one for the extra, even though it was only five bucks a month. I, a, I don't have time to add another streaming service. I just, I don't, I don't watch enough or I don't watch enough of the stuff that I already have subscriptions to. So until there's something there that is like an absolute must see for me, I'm going to wait. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel. I actually, I, I, I am interested in, um, this space show. What's that called again? I, um, I'm Oh yeah. It. For all mankind, for all mankind. I'm interested in yep. the morning show. I'm really interested in the Snoopy Charlie Brown show because I just, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know there was a Snoopy show on. Yeah. They have like a, a Snoopy. It's uh. like Snoopy in space. My my guess is is that I, will, I as soon as I get the I have to upgrade my iPhone and I get the free year that's mm-hmm. when I'll check it out yeah. would be my guess. See that's kind of how I think maybe Apple is playing a little bit of a different game. Like they don't need that instant. They're not looking for Emmys. They're not. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it's it's kind of a different game where. It the they do see content as evergreen, right? And they yep. and it's a product that they're always going to have. So every time somebody gets, like you're saying, a new iPhone, a new uh, computer, whatever, all of a sudden, oh wow, look, I have all these shows I can finally check out. You know? Yeah, um, and they're. I mean, not to get too into the numbers, but they're still the most cash rich company yeah. in the world. They can, they can afford to take a loss on that stuff for a long time and yes. it's not going to hurt them. Yeah. That's why I don't, you know, I kind of like, I'm not going to say that Apple in the, my thought process has changed because I think I was thinking of it traditionally and I'm thinking more about exactly what you said, you know, I'll check it out. And I, cause I feel the same way. Like people are not saying that these shows are horrible. They have good stars. They got good talent. They're doing this servant one with, um, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, I'm losing oh, my train of thought. Ch- M. Night Shalaman. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um, they have a bunch of other shows planned. So that's how, that's how I feel is when I get a new TV or a new phone or one day I'll just be like, Hey, I'll now I have like five shows to binge. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's for me. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like how I, I honestly wonder how, if I would subscribe to Amazon Prime if I didn't already have the free shipping. And that because, is, I mean, that's the whole reason why we why I have it in the first place was because of the shipping. I mean, there's enough quality shows now that I probably would stay with it, but that's the whole reason I got it in the first place was because it came with something else. Yep, and that is, I think, what Amazon counts on because yep. they are probably <laughs> making more money uh, off of off of you 
using Prime to ship things or doing that thing where once a week they send you, you know, whatever baby food or toilet paper or apples yeah. or whatever, then they are yeah. off of your subscription to the TV service, you know? That's yep, like an yep. added thing that you get. And yeah, we, I mean, I think for many people, Christmas is exclusively, you're like, oh, I could buy a gift for that person because it's free shipping. It's prime. Bam. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? There's a gift. I think 99% of ours was that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting how these, they call it the streaming wars, but really it's like Watchmen where people have like cross purposes, but also entirely yeah. different purposes um that i mean not- i think that's why that's why netflix i think is always going to be the most vulnerable because that's yeah. really the only product they have and to a lesser extent hbo i mean yeah. those other ones have got that other stuff to subsidize their subsidized losses if they need to but this isn't a business podcast though so but but you make a great point andy because that does factor into why Netflix and HBO have this internal like need to feed that content. They're like a coal engine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's all they got. So they keep on, you have to feed it because when someone turns on Netflix, that's all they're getting. They just want TV and movies. Yeah. Um, They're not, they're, they're not diversified at all. Like the other companies are. So the other companies, I don't think will go anywhere because they've got, they can sell phones or they can sell, Shampoo on Amazon or whatever you yeah. want. I mean, they've got other stuff there. And um, and Disney has Disney. You know what I mean? They yeah. are a behemoth. Yeah. It's toys and merchandise and and, and IP yeah. and a park the and theme restaurants. Parks. Yeah, they've got a, yeah. And soon movie theaters. Don't yep. they just the, the they just changed the law um, that they're yeah. doing that they you can have cross ownership. So trust me, there is mm-hmm. Disney is going to buy and Netflix is going to buy movie theaters and you'll yep. probably see a resurgence. You'll see me going to the movies more because well, uh, I, I have always, well, I mean, think about this. Think about if you, if Disney plus had a membership where instead of your six or seven bucks a month, you pay 12 bucks a month and then you can go see the stuff in the theater as well. Yeah. I mean, that'd be awfully tempting to take advantage of that kind of stuff. Yep. The Mandalorian season premiere or Mandalorian Disney themed Mandalorian premieres every week at your town's Disney theater. Yep. And you bring your kids and you have lunch and you pay like, you pay like a season pass, right? Yeah. And I'm surprised that stuff hasn't happened. I'm sure it's coming though. Yep. It will because that is, I've always thought that Disney's plan is for like Disney World to take over the world. You know what I mean? Like so yeah. <laughs> every town has a little bit of Disney World in it. It's almost like uh-huh. their their embassy. Yep. You know, and then you go to little city. So I mean I, I don't think it I don't think we're too far past that, especially in the major cities. Yeah. So that's interesting. And HBO, this Warner service is gonna have a bunch of stuff. And then you have some of these networks like they're get this Peacock service that's coming out from NBC Universal, yeah. which is supposedly I think gonna be free with ads and some shows won't have ads. They're just trying to get in the game. I don't I think f- that's the last I heard is that and oh go ahead. Well, and I, yeah, I think you're. I heard it was going to be ad supported or yeah. very low cost, and there's some interesting stuff announced for that too. I think Battlestar Galactica with Sam Esmail mm-hmm. was one of the things I read, and I'm like, oh, that's that has my interest. That's, yeah, 
But then you wonder also how more adult things are going to be. But one of the things I wanted to bring up about this year was the relaxing of kind of uh, all oversight everywhere has is creeps into the FCC and it happens on TV. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of shows on AMC, FX, USA, the, the they're dropping f bombs. The content uh, has become very I, adult. I have noticed that a lot. One yeah. of the one of the first shows that I'm going to talk about on my list is that same way where I was shocked that not shocked. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me, but I was surprised hearing it on yeah. the network set that it was on. Yeah, they're yeah they're, they're either not paying attention as much anymore, or they're just loosening the standards. So, well, I mean. For me, I appreciate that because it's like we're talking about. Sometimes you don't know, like when when my wife walks into the room and I say we're going to watch a show, she doesn't know if I have the TV, the cable box, the Xbox. She doesn't yep. know what it's on. Yep. The kid doesn't uh, even know what it's on, right? So Yep. yep. Our house is the same exact way. So so to say that well this is a network or this is cable, like people don't know the difference now even if you ask like if I walked up to a random person and said tell me the difference between name the networks and name the cable networks they wouldn't yeah. even know anymore you know what well, I mean so it's just stuff so yeah. I think that that does kind of make sense to to relax it um but as a parent you do have to kind of pay a little bit more attention um, because like there's a show uh, Treadstone on. Oh yeah. The, the born Jason born. Yes. Thing, right? Which I watched this year with my wife and man, they just F bomb it up. They get, and I was watching um what, what we do in the shadows. Yep. And uh, I don't know if that was what you were going to mention. I'm sorry. No yes. spoilers. No, I'm yeah, sorry. That's okay. We'll get, we'll get that to it. was yeah. totally randomly. We watched that. Uh, last night we watched like three episodes because I ha- <laughs> we had to catch up and it was on the DVR and they're like what uh-huh. the fucking fucking and his right and yeah it's I'm like whoa yep <laughs> but I'm not like I mean I talk like that so I'm not like surprised yeah. but yeah. you do have to kind of that's why I think something like a Disney Plus that you know nothing is ever yeah. gonna do that on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's PG thirteen or yep. around that range. I mean, you're going to see some. Besides the Marvel stuff, most of it is pretty pretty tame, and, and the I Marvel stuff's tame too. But yeah, there. I mean, it's as far as I think. You know, there's always that delineate like language, violence, sexuality, right? Yeah, and yeah. it seems like we know this is America. The violence is always going to be very high. And yeah. the sexuality and the language are going to be more harshly judged. That's yeah. the way it goes. And well, like I, even, I, I haven't watched it for myself yet, but I had heard that like Avatar on Disney Plus is a, is a non-swearing version. They took out any cursing and everything on Disney Plus. They, well, they so, have two different versions of it. Oh, there is two different yep. versions. Okay. Yep. I didn't notice that. I hadn't actually clicked on it to watch it, but I had heard that one of the – at least they had cleaned it up a little bit. But That is what got – so that's what got – when that – when that information came out, 
there were those who were like, oh my God, Disney Disneyfied it. And, uh, and then there were those who were like, yeah, but they left the other version. And then there yeah. were those who were like, other versions, Star Wars original versions. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, so it like it opens it up, these streaming, it opens it up to do that. You know what I mean? Like we talked about on the pod with the Mandalorian, you could see Disney doing like a reverse of what Netflix did with the hateful eight instead of taking a movie and adding to it and making it episodes that they could take the Mandalorian, trim some stuff and turn it into uh, like a, a whole, like whatever, I guess it would end up being a little over three hours, right? Three to four hour movie. Yep. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, it would be a cool, that would be very cool. It gives you the opportunity to do this stuff. But, um, I don't know. I think it's been a really interesting year in TV. There's so much great stuff. Um, do you have any other final thoughts about kind of like what, what's to come, what we saw this year? I mean, it's, we might as well get started because there's so many amazing, it was just an (laughs) awesome year for just an awesome year for TV. I mean, it's, there was other shows I didn't even list on here that I, or shows that I wasn't able to finish that I know would make my list if I had. I know. So it's the amount of content is just insane. Yeah. As we were talking, I think I thought of like three other shows that I forgot. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but all right, let's start off. Okay. I'm going to start off. We'll do, we'll just go. Um, we'll go like, I'll start off with 10, then you do 10. And then the fun thing about our list this year is our nine, eight, four, and two are the same. So originally two, four, and eight were the same by total coincidence. We didn't even plan it, but we picked the (laughs) same thing at three different spots. And then I switched my nine and 10 or one of them. And made it the same, which I wanted to do anyway. And then I looked (laughs) at Andy's list and he had it that way. And I was like, okay, then I have to do it that way because it was just made to be. So almost half the list is the same. So that's going to make us be able to kind of, kind of get through it. So we'll do a couple of R's and then we'll do a couple of uh, listener lists and we'll kind of float back and forth, but we do have a lot to cover. All right. So. At number 10 for me, I have a tie, and that is Mandalorian on Disney Plus and The Boys on Amazon. Um, both kind of, uh, you know, tent polish, IP, superhero ish, though Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Wars kind of, you know. It, it it has that feeling to it, but I just love Mandalorian and I was really taken by surprise by the boys. I thought it was going to be good. I was happy that Carl Urban, who I really love, and I thought he was great in dread. Did you ever see that? Yes, he was excellent. I, Carl Urban is a, an actor. I almost always, I think he almost always elevates or he's yeah. interesting. I just, I'm a big fan of his yes. Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, Tons of other stuff. Yep. And um and it's funny because on in Dread he keeps his helmet on the entire movie. And yep. in The Mandalorian yep. he keeps his helmet on. <laughs> They're connected. Man, the uh, man, hold on, hold on here. And the oh I see, yeah, yeah, I got you. Sorry, I was confused for a second there. Yeah, exactly. Mando. Did baby. you have you 
have you had time to watch the finale of Mandalorian? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Does he take... Uh-oh. Is that a spoiler? Uh-oh. We'll no, it's not see. a spoiler. Oh, I'm okay. just asking you if you had seen the, seen the finale. Because I think the finale is the best episode of the series. It was fantastic. Oh, and no. I, no. Cool. I, I think Mandalorian would have made my list, I think, if I had seen that a little earlier. Okay. It's, it was just... Uh, it didn't make my top 10. It's just off the top 10, but it was... If that's the direction that Star Wars on Disney Plus is going to go, it's going to it's going to be fun. Yes, and for me, that is the best Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. Um, I have enjoyed the Last Jedi. I enjoyed the Force Awakens not as much. I'm not gonna. I I don't. It's Star Wars. I love everything. You know. The prequels yep. were great. I just rewatched them. They were better than I thought because it's fun and it's Lucas. And yeah, you can tell they're in a set the whole time, but it's still, you know, there's some great stuff about it. But Mandalorian, man, this is Star Wars. This is what I always wanted. I love the pacing. I think it really has picked up. I haven't watched the final episode yet. I'm going to watch it today with Lachlan. We were just talking about it before we started recording. Um, but it's also, when I look at my list and I think about some of the other shows, they're so complicated and yeah. there's so much plot, you know? Uh-huh. And then I think of The Mandalorian and I think it's so simple and it's beautiful, but yet it could be that because it, it relies so heavily on the world of Star Wars and you're just- Yeah, well, we already know. Yep. Yes. So- Mando, keep it simple, baby. I love you. And the boys, um, which is not on your list. Well, the boys is one I have not finished. Okay. I watched, I've uh, over the last day or so. I had a feeling this was going to land on your list, so I at least want it was. It's one I've wanted to watch and just haven't gotten around to it. I have one of my best friends swears up and down it's the best show he's seen this year, and so he's been bugging me to watch it for months. Just haven't got around to it. Watched the first two episodes and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I. I'm, I'm definitely going to finish that, hopefully, on the rest of the holiday here. But I love the first two episodes. So, Well, the thing about The Boys for me is it has the ability to be almost slapsticky superhero, then deadly serious and emotional. And yep. Carl Urban fucking rocks. Uh, I mean, I just think that he carries this show that in a way that I'm like I said, I really liked him, but I just didn't expect. And he get he has this kind of like he's so hurt during the whole show, you know, <laughs> and the, and the show is a lot about his pain and the way people deal with pain. And the choice that you make ultimately that we talk about in so many of these shows, whether that you grow, you learn, or you end up hurting other people, you know, and the way that it looks at superheroes is really interesting. I just, I can't suggest it enough. The boys and Watchmen are subversive superhero shows that are successful in a way because they are true to themselves, not just the concept of being a subversive superhero show, you know? They start off that way, but then they stay true to their story and say, this is what we're telling. These are the characters that we care about. And uh, I can't suggest the boys enough. So let's move on to your number 10, pal. Well, my number 10, and surprise, this is the show I finished last, and 
like you, I was actually watching it last night is when I finished it, is what we do in the shadows. <laughs> I, I literally finished the show at like midnight last night, and I had to basically bump the Mandalorian to put this on there, because I just, it's hilarious. I saw the movie way back when it came out. Hardly rem- I remember enjoying it, but don't really remember anything of it. It's, I mean, it's, I don't I can't think of what the, the way that it plays with vampire tropes and horror stuff is really, really funny. I mean, there is some gore and the language I was, like you were saying earlier, was, it's pretty shocking that it's on FX yeah. because it's, it's very, yeah, F-bombs left and right, but that's, uh, it's, it's just so funny. It's hard to, and it has some of the best cameos in the, that I've seen in a long, long time. I, it's that it does something that's, uh unusual for vampire type of things where vampires actually exist in that universe, like in media. <laughs> so instead of like when people get bit by somebody like, Oh my God, it's a vampire. They, they, they actually know what it is. They're not like, like in the walking dead where they can't figure out that zombies for two seasons. They, yeah. They're not sure what's happening kind of a thing. So it's, it's very smart and meta at the same time. I just, I loved it. Yes. I love this show. Uh, when the original documentary by uh, Jermaine Clement and Taiki Waititi, Waititi, uh, Waititi yes. came out, I was all over it. It's have and, you ever seen the original? Uh, like, faux, yeah. I say documentary, but it's a faux documentary, just like yeah, the show. The mockumentary, just like Mister Guest or one of those. Yeah, and actually, Jermaine Clement uh, directs most of these episodes, if not all of them, and he's on, in a couple. This. Yep, and so is Taika. And actually, speaking of Taika, he he directs the finale of The Mandalorian. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know so, that. Oh, yeah. And I I also, because after I watched the show, I did a little more looking, and uh, another guy that's heavily involved is Paul Sims. He was the he also wrote for uh, Flight of the Concords with those guys. Larry Sanders' show, he was the showrunner for News Radio, another oh, show that okay. I, a very underrated show that I love. Okay. So it's. Yes, it, it was it was kind of cool reading more about it because I I just I couldn't believe how funny it was I I was it's one of those shows where I'm like well it's a show I hadn't watched it all this year it's a 20 minutes easy to see if I'm going to like it or not and like another show that I'm going to be talking about shortly I ended up watching it almost all in one sitting over one day because I I just loved it yeah this is great that's cool okay so he is the guy that HBO put with them to make flight of the Concords, right? Like when they I think came so, yeah. over from New Zealand and they yep. were like, we want to make a show. HBO is like, okay, well you were pairing as is often done. We're pairing you with like a showrunner who's done yeah. this before. Yeah. Somebody that's been in the business. Yeah. yeah. And then they keep working together and you see relationships like that. That's all. That's like what happened with Damon and Carlton, right? Like, yep. yeah, they exactly. To bring in Carlton. And yeah. then, he, and then he ends up working with his son more than he works with yeah. Carlton. <laughs> exactly. I love yeah. relationships like that in, in the business. And um, also, what we do in the shadows is written and he's, I think he's become a co showrunner on it, or he's really has become more involved in it. Tom Sharpling from the best show, which is one of my favorite all time podcasts. Yes. It's as the best show on WFMU. Yeah. He, I remember you mentioning that before. Yeah. Now that you say that I can, compl- I knew it when I was looking through the stuff last night, I'm like, that name sounds familiar. I couldn't place it. That's where it is. You yes. talked about it before. And so all that stuff where they're like walking around Manhattan and nobody uh-huh. even cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God, so funny. 
<laughs> that's it's, so, hard, it's hard to it's yeah. hard to explain why a comedy is great, but it's so funny. Yes, they it's it's very fun, and uh, I would suggest everybody watch what we do in the show. It's basically it's like vampires in Brooklyn, and they're just hanging out, and like they don't really <laughs> yeah. want to, you know. They're like, oh, well, let's just be vampire, you know, and then they just yeah. kill people, and it's disgusting, <laughs> and um, it's just very funny, but it also has a New York kind of vibe to it um that i think definitely is feels like cool. new york yeah yeah, yeah I, just, almost, I, I loved it dude they're like it's like seinfeld with vampires yeah that is kind of what it's like it's you're, you're not wrong it's a good comparison i just thought of that and i'm like that is what it is it's seinfeld yeah. i bet you tom sharpling would describe it like that but also and listen to the best show it's it's another show well one last thing about that it's another show that i didn't they, they set up storyline stuff so subtly it seems like yeah. it's not really tied together and by the end of the season they tie all these little bits together so the storytelling itself is really cool too and not just i mean it's funny but it's still the way they like the way they end the season i just loved it it was was like i want to see more of this because it's uh, highly highly i just loved it (laughs) so you know what andy it reminds me of the mandalorian and in a way one of the shows that is going to end up uh on my honorable mentions the witcher where mm-hmm. they have done a really good job of weaving the um the the monster of the week procedural kind of thing into the serialized more heavily um yep. and they do a good job of kind of uniting the episodes that they show you even though you think they're just like one-offs it okay. ends up that a character or a situation is important towards the overall season and comes back around. Um, and you can do that better when there's only like 10 episodes, you know, eight yeah. or 10 episodes. So yep. as opposed to like 24, what's your, yeah. not, what's your nine? You have two at nine. Well, number nine is uh, it's a two way tie because even though they both appear to be very different shows, they're closely, I think, they go, they're a nice compliment to each other. The first one was uh, inspired by who we talked about before. Brett had been hard on this, had been touting this show for a long time on the Facebook page, and it's dark, mm-hmm. which I, I hadn't seen any of it until this year. Watched all of it, absolutely loved it. And the other one is a, the other show that I just binged the last weekend, I think it was, Undone on Amazon. And I, it's not getting a lot of publicity yet, but Undone, Undone they have a similar structure. They are similar. I mean, they have, this will be a little bit of a spoiler, but you find out very early undone also like dark involves time travel mm-hmm. and you don't, um, undone is it's actually by the creators of Bojack Horseman, which didn't make my list this year just because the season hasn't finished yet, but it has not, it's nothing at all like that. It deals with family and, and family relationships. And, um, Bob Odenkirk has a, the amazing Bob Odenkirk plays the yeah. father and it's, I don't know, it's a two sisters dealing with, it's hard to say much about what it is without spoiling it. But if you like dark and I know a lot of people on this that are going to be listening to this have watched dark, check out undone. It's each episode is only 20, 25 minutes long. It's, I don't know. It's very, it's done rotoscope. So it's animated, but it's not really animated. Kind of like the movie waking life. If anybody ever saw that, I don't, it's like I say, I don't want to say too much about undone because it's, it's better to just experience it than instead of me spoiling what's interesting about the show. But, uh, and then dark, I mean, dark is also your number nine. So yep. you can, I mean, <laughs> dark is just another show that it's, it's almost impossible to put into words why it's so great, but 
I don't know. Maybe you can have better luck at that than I do. I would just say generations of a small German village are affected by the experiments of a bunch of crazy ass motherfuckers. <laughs> I say that, that's about as good as you can do. Yeah, it's great, man. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, every um, uh, Bubba and Catfish on the Double P Podcast Network. I listen to their podcast as I watch Dark. It's the first time I've ever done that with a streaming show that uh-huh. I would watch an episode and then I'd listen to their podcast. I'd, I was building my models and even if I was good, I would sometimes let it roll into the next episode because if I remember correctly, sometimes they do like two episodes together. Yeah. And um, I had that was so much fun. That was Bubba and his sister, who I think might be his mother, but I'm not sure. And uh, <laughs> Dark is like that. It's mind bending. Now, because it's in German, you have that choice. So you're going to watch the subtitled or you're going to watch the dubbed. Um, I, w- I went dubbed because. I, oh, how, what did you do? Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I did too. I tried okay. doing it with the subtitles. The show is so dense. Yes. And it is, I mean, you ha- it, is, it is not a show that you can sit and watch with your phone. You have to <laughs> no. literally sit there and pay attention yeah, to every single thing attention. on the screen. And I tried doing it with just in the native language in German, and I just, I couldn't keep up because I, I was trying to read everything and process it and watch what was, I mean, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think of myself as the slowest guy in the world, but I felt like I, I'm not, I'm missing things. So I had to. I want to rewatch it with the subtitles in the original language now. I haven't gotten back to it because there's so many other things I want to catch up on. But, yeah, it's so dense. And that's also why it's so hard to explain. It's just, oh, man, it's so dense. I love it. I would just say, everybody, go out and watch Dark. Watch it dubbed. Don't don't be ashamed. Um, if, you, if you're into this, hey, watch the subtitles if you want, but don't be ashamed to watch it dubbed. You do need to pay attention, but I think also at a certain point, the show does do a good job of saying names a lot. So you remember, Mm. you know, like especially people's first names and you kind of remember who is who and um, the cast, they don't look a lot alike. So I think it was easy to say, this is this guy, this is this girl, you know, and there is some good, there is some good thing. If you like what I did is especially after the first season, I, I, there was, I mean, lots of, since the show has gotten more popular, lots of articles and graphs and stuff have been made. So I actually Googled a like family tree after season one, dark yeah. kind of thing. So, <laughs> so it would, I would literally have, I would watch it next to, I've got a TV and my computer next, next to each other. So I would have the family tree up on my computer screen while I'm watching it. So I can refer back with pictures and stuff. So I could, and it gets easier the more you, more episodes you see, but it's I can see why people quit after a couple episodes because it, it's just it's a lot to and it takes a while for all the pieces to come together to kind of understand it, but it's well it's worth it totally worth it. It, it is, and they have already I believe that the third season is already in the can, and it's oh. I think it's coming out pretty soon. I think the plan was to end it after three or four seasons. This might even be the last season, or maybe there's two more. Um, but I also suspect that Netflix will definitely remake this in English. There's, I would, I'd be surprised yeah. if they didn't too. Absolutely. No doubt that they're going to remake and it'll be great. They just got to get a good show runner and just take the script. And guess what? 
Just shoot yeah. the same fucking thing again in English. Who cares? Because it's awesome the way it is. And really, the way they left it, they could go another. I mean, with what happens at the very end of season two, they could easily go. I mean, that it changes things a lot. So you could easily go more than one more season if they wanted to. Yeah. Oh, they could go for. It could go yeah. nuts. That's why I think they got to have to like contain yeah. it. But if you love Ray, time Ray travel, yeah. sci-fi, dark is freaking awesome. And uh, yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's do our number, our shared number eight, and then we'll jump into some listener lists. But we both have the expanse season four on Amazon, which just came out uh, as our number eight. I love the expanse. Again, if you love sci-fi, this is hard sci-fi, you know, when they're when they need to make a maneuver in space, they make the proper maneuver. You know, mm-hmm. like um it 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 also though has that world building, the fate of the universe is uh, um you know, at our hands right now kind of feeling. It's a space opera. But I will say this because I know Mariella on the Facebook page was just saying that she could never get past like the first three or four episodes. And I don't know if you agree with me, Andy, but because I just rewatched the whole thing in anticipation of season four, um, you do need to kind of like, I don't think it's still like episode five or so, four or five maybe, that it really gets propulsive because there's a little bit of a... There's like two or three kind of plot things in the first couple episodes that I've noticed have hampered a lot of people from getting from the expanse exploding into what it should be, which is like Game of Thrones size yeah. audience. Yeah, I, I've, it's been a while since I've watched the first season, but I do remember the first half of the first season really kind of like I kept pushing through because there was people at, whose opinions I respected that really, really loved the show. And are like, you need to watch this. You need to watch it. So I, I kept pushing through the first half of the first season, and I, I know it was a little bit of slog, isn't the right word, but just the setting everything up and yeah. getting accustomed to the universe takes a few episodes. So yeah, it, it definitely, I don't know. It's yeah, it, it takes a little bit to get into it, but it's the same thing. It's, it's not unlike Dark, where it's also very dense, and there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of different names to remember, a lot of different. Yeah, just things going on in there. Like the hard sci-fi is definitely a, a a major difference in a lot of shows. That's not less on the adventure part, more on the science part. Yes, and, dude. Yeah, this is not lost in space, people. And one thing I loved about this season too is it actually it basically is a one or two location season. Yeah. So they actually kind of rain. It's still in the big picture is a huge huge things going on, but the actual season itself takes place in a very contained area, which I kind of like where it's, yep. it's still really big, but it's in a small setting. I, it's hard to explain exactly how I mean, but. Well, I think what, ha- what they did this season, Andy, is they decided it's, it moved from sci being three seasons on sci-fi and to sci-fi's credit, it looked great. Um, mm-hmm. the, it was a great three seasons and the third season was huge and was all, you were like yeah. one minute you're on Mars, then you're in Jupiter, Io, Ganymede. Yeah. It was, it was Earth. like Lord of the Rings in space. Yeah. It was crazy, you know? Yeah. And then this season, you know, we're not going to give away any spoilers on this podcast, but things change and it becomes very, like Andy's saying, almost a bottle season. And they also moved to Amazon. So I think Amazon made a very wise choice 
which is they said they just came off their most expansive, explosive season. Let's concentrate on the characters because this show is going to explode again. Yeah. And they are going to go way all, all these different planets and places. So let's kind of reel it in a little bit, get to know our characters more, but still forward the story. And yeah, I mean, honestly, this season probably could have been like four or five episodes. They could have cut out a lot of stuff, but I liked it because I had three seasons of loving these characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it was just fun being with the characters. Again. Yeah. And it was so fast. The first three seasons are so fast and the expanse is the type of show that every episode, nearly every episode picks up the moment the last episode ended. So you're usually going right through or they tell you and it's like six months later and they have these time jumps, but it moves so quick. Um, I just, I can't say enough about how much I love this show and Holden is the the star of it. Steven straight. I love that dude, man. I think he is a great, and one day he'll be like the new captain America or so, you know, like. I, I feel like he's just going to be an amazing superstar in the future. I think he, I mean, he is, he's great. He's yeah, he's, he is. I think you're right. He is going to be a big star. It's just going to take the right, the right kind of project. Yeah. Like you said, his Captain America or his Iron Man or whatever, whatever comic book or Star Wars character he ends up playing. Yes. Oh man. He would be a great Jedi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wouldn't he? Yeah, dude, yep. it's just the expanse is so fun. It's great. Um, all right, man, let's keep it moving. We got a lot to get through here. What is your let's do your number seven, my number seven, and then we'll do like half the uh, listener list we have. Okay, my my number seven, it breaks my heart that it's not going to be returning. It's Lodge 49 on AMC. Most people haven't even heard of this show. It stars Wyatt Russell, uh, Brent Jennings. Most people don't know who he is, but you'd recognize him in a second. Uh, they added Paul Giamatti to the cast this year. He's actually one of the producers, too. It is so weird and so, I don't know, comforting. It's a show that I just, it's like it's like sitting on a comfortable couch kind of a thing. I just, I love it. I love hanging out with all the people. It also, but it also has like a, a very interesting storyline with tons of crazy mythology. It's slow-paced. It's never boring. It's very slow paced. It's I think the best way I can describe it is it's a little bit Twin Peaks, a little bit Lost, a little bit Cheers. Mm. I mean, just because yeah. I mean, it's they spend a lot of time in a bar, and they it's a lot of a lot of it is just people talking about their relationships and talking about their the things that they are disappointed in in life or their successes. And I mean, it was AMC canceled it, and nobody else picked it up because just not enough people watched it. Um, I mean, the, the, it ends with a. It's, there's a small cliffhanger, but it really could still work as a, as a series finale. I, I would love to love to see more, but it's just a show that I absolutely love. Last forty nine is worth watching if any of that sounds halfway interesting to you. But it's just, it's great. I know, one of the things I really love is that um, for a long time, like when I'd seen Wyatt Russell pop up and things, I was like, he's getting a job because of Kurt Russell, the guy that I love, Kurt Russell too. But this show has proven to me that. Wyatt Russell is the real deal. The guy is great. He is so good in this. And him and the relationship he has with his sister, it's a, I've actually got four, three or four uh, shows on my list here that deal with sibling relationships, which 
didn't realize was a theme until I started looking at my entire list. But the relationship between him and his twin sister in this is just fantastic. And them processing their father has died before the show even starts. So it's a lot of them processing their father being gone and just a great show. Well, I loved the first season of Lodge 49. But as I've noticed is happening more and more, this happened to me with Mayans, Lodge 49. There's a couple other shows where the second season came out when either the first season or I was podcasting and I just didn't catch up with it, not because I don't want to, but almost because I want to pay more attention to it. And Lodge 49 is one of those. I was a huge proponent. I did a podcast about it. I was hoping to be, I was even contemplating podcasting this, um, a unique, emotional, humanistic, weird ass show that is a miracle. It lasted two seasons on anything. This is not even the type of show that you would be like, Oh, Netflix would pick. No, it would still probably not find a huge audience on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's a show too. If you've never watched it, if you watch the first episode and you think this is not for me, I mean, the first episode is a great indicator of what the show is. If you love the first episode, you'll love it. Yeah. It it always is what it is. Yeah. That's what I appreciate about it, but that's a great show. So that's good to know, man. And I definitely, I have all the episodes on my DVR and one night I will go, Oh, Lodge 49. And then I'll watch the whole thing and I'll really enjoy it. And I agree with you, Brett Jennings. Amazing. Hopefully this gives him a character actor. Traditionally, hopefully this gives him a little more oomph and a little more push. And I love your cheers analogy because you're absolutely right about that. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not funny. Like, I mean, there is some funny stuff, but it's not, it's not a comedy like Cheers is, but just the, like my favorite thing about Cheers is it's just hanging out with those people. And it's, it's like people I know kind of a thing. And it's very comfort. It's a comfort show for me. And this is kind of that same way, but a, a vastly different show, but yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, yeah, definitely. But it has that lodge feeling and mm-hmm. it's funny when this show came out, um, I remember it was either just before or after that Lachlan was taking swim lessons at a Elks Lodge, <laughs> or it was just before <laughs> the show came out. And I was obsessed because I haven't made wow. a movie or done anything for years. And I was like, uh-huh. man, I should make a movie at this place. It's so weird. Like you, cause you have yeah. old people and young people and like, and then lodge for, and that's kind of how it is. It's a great, great show, <laughs> uh, but let's keep it moving. Um, I want to get to, this is what my number seven. seven. Okay. And it is years and years, which was a co-production between the BBC and HBO. It showed in England first, and then it showed over here. And I watched it, of course, on my Xbox through the HBO app, uh, created and written by Russell T Davies. I guess he was like, he did some doctor who stuff, right? Yes, Doctor Who. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it has a great cast. Um, and it's basically like the next 20 or 30 years in the UK, specifically in England. Um, it's very political. It involves technology, social media, but it's really a family show. And it just knocked me the fuck out. 
I guess I'm getting like, I'm cursing a lot today, but <laughs> it just knocked me out. I did not expect this show to be so poignant, emotional, and restrained in a way uh, because they could have made it, it could have been crazy and the connections and what they predict and, but they kept it more towards the reasons why people make these decisions rather than so much focused on like huge kind of alt history events happening, but it still has that alt history sci-fi edge to it. And I just absolutely loved it. It's now on HBO. You can go and stream it. It's only like six episodes and it's, I don't, they're not going to do another series. They said it's one and done and I just loved it. And I hope everyone gives it a shot uh, because again, it is just really a family show and it's, it's a, the story of one family through that time. And I just think it captures it wonderfully. That's my number seven, baby. Wow. I, I it's, it's one I have not seen and Judging by you, and I know a few other people have that on their list, I am going to have to check it out. Take a little break to tell you again to go to our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com has everything you need. The holiday season is upon us, but when the holidays pass, Cufflinks will still be there. Birthdays, events, anniversaries look good when you step out in the morning. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today, use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order all the time, no minimum. Go to cufflinks.com now, baby. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at andrewandclairadopt at gmail.com. Thanks. The first list I'm going to read from our great listener and podcaster, Peter Connolly. He says, not in any order, just the top 10. Here we go. Dark. Yeah, baby. Chernobyl. Dublin Murders, which I believe uh, the Double P podcast has a podcast on the du- on the Dublin Murders. I think it's what, called. What? What's that? I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say. What is Dublin Murders? I don't. I'm not familiar with that show. Um, I believe that this is. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Uh, he doesn't have where what uh, what uh, network or channel. I was going to say what channel it's on, but um, <laughs> I've heard good things about it. I I heard it, it uh, referred to as Irish Crack. Um, and, uh, a really fun show. Um, he also has on it. Interesting. We haven't talked about this show yet at all. Game of Thrones season eight, very controversial. 
Very controversial. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say about Game of Thrones, Andy? Um, we can we can maybe save that for a little while. All right, I'm let's sure we, save we'll, that. we'll get there. Um, Good Omens, which ran on Amazon and was, I think, another a BBC or a Sky joint production. I absolutely yeah. loved this. Did you see this? This is one that I really, really, really want to see. I love the cast that they have for this. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Man, I am not at all a fan of um, the writer of Good Omens. Uh, Oh, gosh. What's his name? Um, He also uh, does the Cinemax American Gods, Neil Gaiman. Oh, this is Okay, this I am not show. a Neil Gaiman okay. fan at all. Yep. Honestly. I'm very hit or miss with him. Yeah. yeah. I am like way miss. I avoid <laughs> anything by Neil Gaiman. It's not <laughs> that I don't respect the guy. I think he's funny on Twitter or whatever. Um, I, I think uh, I know his wife, Amanda Palmer, right? Um, mm-hmm. She's an amazing artist. It's just, I don't get that vibe, homie, that fantastical and then the way he kind of spins the religious stuff and I just I don't know it just doesn't appeal to me but this was hilarious the acting is amazing it's really like a love story of of good and evil it's like how you you know like it's the same thing and the it's just I I it's totally worth watching um, I'll have to I'll have to move that up on my two list watch too. I'm running out of hours here to fill. I know Gee, we're running out of hours. we're already at an hour on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, this is actually appears on a couple lists. Um, Magic for Humans season two. Lachlan and I love this. It's a little maybe it's a little older for him, too old for him at some points. And I kind of fast forward, but this is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Have you seen any of Magic for Humans? It's it's on my Netflix queue as well. I, I I've heard very good things. I have not watched it yet. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. It's actually executive produced by Tim and Eric. Oh, and okay. So you know it's freaking weird. Yeah. Um, one segment is called Magic for Susan, where he just finds a woman named Susan on the street and does a magic. <laughs> Makes no sense, but I love it. Uh, Peter continues. Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, you probably listen to our podcast. You're the man. Mad as Hell, an Australian show. Have not heard of it. Have not heard of it. Um, nope, I'm, I don't know much about the Australian shows he has listed here, so I'm willing to track him out. I just uh, haven't heard about him. I have heard Have You Been Paying Attention. I've heard of this show, and I think that this is available to stream, and I've got to look into it, but I have heard of this. another show he called, called How, Have You Been Paying Attention, and he says, no order except for the top two. Uh, John Oliver, and I had forgot, he said John Oliver ties with Chernobyl as his number one, but I'm not a big John Oliver fan, uh, just because the news is, uh, just depresses me. <laughs> I, I always like John Oliver, but I haven't watched much of it this year for the yeah. same, same kind of reason. Yeah. Yeah. Same reason. All right. Thank you, Peter. And guess what? Peter followed it up by a highly controversial <laughs> list. Oh, boy. Got to get the people's blood boiling a little bit. Let's do it. Yeah, we're in the middle of the podcast. We got to wake us up. The top 10 disappointing shows. Here we go. In No Order. The Mandalorian. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Disappointing. His Dark Materials. 
Oh man, I know. Now I did not like his dark materials and I kind of went off and then some people were like, you know, I know Matt's doing a <laughs> podcast on it. It's kind of yep. like kind of, Hey, give it a shot. I say, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And then I gave it a shot and I said, I, I think it's terrible, but I hope you enjoy it. Did you watch his dark materials? Um, I, I watched the first couple episodes and I, I have read the books and it, from what I had seen, it seems to be a very faithful at, or a, no, I shouldn't say, very but pretty faithful adaptation so i think a lot of book fans are loving it i know a few other people that have read the books that actually absolutely love it but when, once i got sucked into the watchman hole i never yeah. got back to it yeah well because it was airing at the same time i just couldn't get into it and when i say that i thought it was terrible i apologize uh, and, and whenever <laughs> i make fun of something i always feel bad because i know it's hard work to make something and i also know people have their own attachment to it and I never want someone to not enjoy something. But for me, I just could not get into the world. built, And it's like, it's just, I could imagine it as being a great book, though. Yeah, I, I can mean, see I, that. I, I enjoyed the book. And that, one of the things I did hear about this season was that by the end of the season, it supposedly got, like, the production and everything got a lot better. Okay. I heard near the end of the season. I don't know how, you say, I'm, I'm just going off of rumors and what I've heard from other people that have watched it. So... I, I thought the first two episodes were okay, but like I said, I also had read the book, so I kind of knew what I was getting myself in for yeah. or get myself into. So I, I, I didn't dislike it. I just, like I said, just Watchmen was airing at the same time, and we all know what happened there. So yeah, that's true. All right, now Peter continues. All right, let's get through these because I know we're gonna, we're going to yep. talk forever, Ando. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he continues disappointing. Oh my God. I'm just going to go through the list and then we'll comment after we're done. Peter bashing everybody and hurting our feelings. <laughs> the Witcher, Mindhunter season two, the terror season two, the crown, every Australian show, Watchmen, Russian doll and the Rook. Um, now I am sad that you were disappointed, especially by Russian doll, the Watchmen, the crown, Mine Hunter and Witcher, which I all thought I thought all of those were great. Uh huh. Um, I didn't see the Rook. I heard it was okay. I know Double P podcasted on that, so I was almost. I think I might just listen to their podcast. I think I actually did listen to a couple episodes of their podcast on it. Which um, one is the Rook? I don't remember that. I it sounds familiar, but it who's was in that? it was like a it was like a woman has special powers or something. And she's the, like, it was like a chess game of people with powers or something like something like that. I think, I don't know. I think it was okay. another co-production. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, Peter, these are controversial, man. I will. I will agree with him on the terror season two. That's, That's true. It's a yeah. show. I, I actually gave up on it. I, I watched three or four and I don't normally give up on shows once I start them, but I, I just, it just wasn't, didn't do anything for me at all. Yeah. I, th I thought the premise was amazing and the, the seeing the Japanese internment camp and stuff was very interesting, but it was just, it was it moving at a glacier's pace and it was, it, it was too slow for me. I think it definitely did not have the same oomph or atmosphere as the original season. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to continue because if you remember originally, this was not supposed to be an anthology. Um, they turned it into one after the first season was so awesome. Yep. So maybe another season comes, maybe not. Maybe they go back to the Antarctic or the Arctic or wherever they were. 
Um, yeah. If, but I mean, when you go from Jared, uh, what's his name again? Jared Hess? Jared Harris. Jared Harris. Oh, I always want to say Hess, but of course he's Richard Harris's kid. Um, a kid, he's like older than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you go from him to anyone else, yeah. I mean, this is the best guy. This is the best actor on television. I kind of feel like he's tied with maybe another guy I'm thinking of, but uh-huh. um, absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, the terror season two, I like the. I thought this season of the crown was better than the last season. I like the cast change. Um, and that's a, the crown is one I haven't watched myself either, but um, I don't know. Russian doll. We're going to talk about, all right, let's keep it moving. We got one more list, a shy from the history of Westeros podcast. And also in our Facebook group, this is her top 10, starting at number 10, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Did you watch that? Uh, I'm not caught up on it. I'm, uh, I think I got the, just the first part of season three. I, it's, a show I lo- it's a show I like, but I, I didn't want to put it on my list because I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Yeah, so. I know Brett's a big fan, and I have, yep. I have not got a chance to start this yet because – and I'm, I have to admit that I'm a little cautious because I'm not a huge fan of the showrunners and kind of their um, – you know, they did Gilmore Girls, and yep. um, uh, it's a husband and wife couple, and I'm not – Paladino, I, I think. Yes, exactly. Paladino. Sherman Paladino. Sherman Paladino. Yeah, there you go. They are, it's a little like, da 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 you know? And yeah. it's, I, I was explaining to my wife that I feel like they write for scene, and sometimes that affects the overall arc, but people hmm. love this show, so- yeah. I want, and it takes place in a world I love, like Catskills comedy, Jewish comedy of the fifties, a forty. I just, I love that. Yeah. Um, and now they're getting into like Lenny Bruce as a character, so I do yep. want to give that a shot. Um, she continues what we do in the shadows. We talked about our love for that. Killing Eve season two. I just didn't get a chance to see it, though I want to. Yep, same here. Yep. So I loved season one. Uh, Hulu's Penis or Pen15, which I've heard amazing things about, and I will check it out when Lachlan is asleep because I don't think that's a kid (laughs) show. Um, Mr. (laughs) Robot, I did not – I slept – Watchmen was on. I didn't watch the final season of Mr. Robot yet. I have I have heard they nailed the ending. Is all I've heard. That's what, and I am very much looking forward to it. An amazing show, Sam Esmail, great guy. A uh, Veep, the final season of Veep. I really love that. It didn't make my list, but I loved the Veep the whole run, and I thought that they ended it great as well. Yep, it, it snuck in as an honorable mention for me, and I yeah, I I thought it was great. I love the final episode especially. I thought was yeah. perfect. It was perfect. A Russian Doll, which we'll talk about. The Expanse, we already talked about. Love it. The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I got like a couple episodes. At first, I thought it was too much. Like to the world. I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't watched the movie. Then it drew me in and I was like, I really am amazed by this show. And then something happened and I didn't continue watching it. Because there's a million things on TV. Well, and that's, it's one that I, 
I loved the movie when I was younger, and I have not gotten a. Ch- I wanted to set aside actual time to yeah, sit and because exactly. I, I have a feeling that I'm going to want to watch this in yep. two or three days, and I know it's that's going to take some time. So I just haven't started for that reason. It is really cool, man, and the, it does. The first episode, you have to kind of get back into the world, but yep. it's and it's amazing to look at. It's absolutely like mind boggling how they made this. And it's beautiful, artistic, creative. It's really great. And her number one is Fleabag, which we will talk about. I know you're a fan of Fleabag. Um, I have not. Uh, I started watching it. We talked about this, and then yep. you ended up watching it. Yep. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that yeah. a little bit later. But I love Fleabag, and I know that is probably Chernobyl and Fleabag are the top two shows on people's lists uh, as far as critics go. That's I, I, I won't argue either one of those points. All right. Hey, Andy, you want to read Tucker's list? I can definitely do that. I think he also – yes, I'll, this is also in no order – um, unbelievable. I I know that unbelievable shows up on a lot of these lists. That's another show I have not gotten to yet. I really want to, and I think we're going to talk about that later yes, as well. We will. Uh, Dark Crystal, uh, Euphoria, a show that I watched the first episode or two, and it just kind of like what you were saying about most Neil Gaiman stuff. I just couldn't. I couldn't get into it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. It's like kids. Uh, I I got. I know people love this show and I, and from what I've heard, the direction and it's really interesting and Zendaya is supposed to be great. Uh, but I guess maybe it's, I have like a seven year old and I just, I don't know, but like <laughs> all the kids having sex and the drugs, it's just too much for me. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to experience that soon enough the way it is. We don't need <laughs> exactly. To, we don't need to see a sneak preview of our lives. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see the, uh, the society, which I am not, I don't, don't know what this show is. This is on Netflix. It is a CW type show. I believe this is the show I'm thinking of. And I think I watched the first four episodes and I thought it was great. It was a lot. It's a fun show. You know, it's so okay. it's like a soap opera. It takes, if I remember, it takes place at like a, like a kind of magical school type thing, you know? Oh, okay. Now yeah. I don't- I remember, yeah, I don't, I haven't seen it, but I remember seeing some previews for it. It's fun. And I thought it was, I thought it was much better than it like kind of had any right to be. Like no, I was like, I, wow, they really care about making this show. I enjoy those it. Those are, I'll have to check that out. Those are usually my favorite kind of shows when something that shouldn't be that good, but they still pull yeah, it off. It's fun. Um, his next on the list is God Friended Me. I have not watched it. I've seen the previews on NFL games all season long, so yes. I definitely know what it is, but I have never watched an episode of it. A lot of people love this show. It's close to their heart. Um, let's see. Cloak and Dagger, another one I have not watched. I, I mean, same thing. I know I'm familiar with it a little bit, but have not seen any of it. Me neither. Uh, the last season of Arrow, which I've, I've, I watched some Arrow early on, and I kind of lost track of all the CW superhero show. So I'm way, way, I'm, I'm years behind on that show. Me too. And, and I know that arrow, um, uh, people have been up and down, but felt like it was getting better and going out strong, but it is one of the, I believe it is 22 shows that Greg Berlanti has running cool. on television right now. Oh man. Yep. 
to keep them all straight. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then his next show here is one that almost made my list. I just Me couldn't too. find room for it. Is the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which I really, really loved. I thought it was unique, but still familiar enough, and a kind of a cool twist on the X Men kind of thing. I, I I liked it a lot. I thought this show was fantastic, man. I absolutely loved it. And I guess I would have to say the boys, Watchmen and Umbrella Academy, are since everything's superheroes, you could have your own superhero category, right? Yeah. This is another kind of subversive, more emotional, resonant, a really great story. Actually, wasn't it written by a guy that was in like My Chemical Romance or something? Yeah, um, it was some some singer, I think. Yeah, some guy in a band. Yeah. I, I, I know that. Um, it, it I what going in, I was like, I don't know about, and then I was like, this is great. The acting, good choice, Tucker. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The order. Another show. I'm not. If I can think, I cannot think of what this show is. I should, probably should know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like the Society. I know Tucker yeah. loves these shows. I think <laughs> I, I think that this is a CW. I think it's C. I'm not sure. Okay, but we should have done more research. We apologize. <laughs> and I, I will freely admit, I uh, it's been a while since I've watched anything on CW. Yeah, I, I don't exactly know why. I just it's. So, it, Never pops up on my radar, I guess. And of course, there are five hundred different television shows, so we can know yeah. get mixed up on one. But we yeah. apologize, Tucker, if uh, if we didn't remember the order. But I do know his number ten legacies, which okay. is like a suit, which was like he describes as a super fun monster spinoff, and I believe that that's a spinoff of Vampire Diaries, um, oh, which I know okay. that he's a fan of, and yep. I like that, you know. There is, that's one thing is in our list, we do, I like taking other people's lists and that's what Heath always says. You, this is so different. Like a lot of these shows, we're going through this list and we know a couple of them and a couple and a a lot of them we don't, right? We're not familiar with, but it just goes to show you that with all these shows there, you know, there's huge audiences behind these shows. Yeah, and one of the things I love about this, like when we, especially when everybody's posting them on the on the Facebook thing, is it, it it when somebody recommends a show to me, that's a lot. I'm more way more willing to check something out, yep. seeing it from actual people than just seeing Netflix's publicity or HBO saying me watch too. this, watch this. I real people actually giving. I love that. I love that. That's one of my favorite thing about top ten list stuff. So yeah, so thank you, Tucker, and his honorable mentions. When They See Us, Mindhunter, The Good Doctor, and Atypical. Um, I did not watch When They See Us. It's, it's, very, it's good. It's very good. It's, it's, it didn't, didn't make my list, but it is very, very good. I really want to watch it. The cast looks great. But you know what, man? I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a hard subject for me. And, and I grew up during that, the Central yep. Park jogger stuff. Yep. And I mean, literally, I listened every day to talk radio, the trial, everything that happened. And it was a part of my childhood, really. And yeah. it was just, I, it's just like a, my wife and I recently watched um, uh, the show about Jennifer Levin and the preppy murder, you know, oh, the documentary. Yeah. And that brought yep. back, that that too was all over. Like that was New York. I listened to talk every day about it. I was like listening to the case. 
And I guess it just maybe sometimes things kind of hit close to home. And, um, but I know that this is supposed to be a very powerful and really great series. Yep. Um, all right, let's do Scott's list. Um, and then, uh, let's go back to our list. All right. Um, let's see at number 10, he's got Russian doll. Number nine, the OA, another show that I want to watch because I know it's sci-fi and I have not gotten to it. That is in my list of second seasons that I did not watch because I think that actually came out at the same time as like Game of Thrones. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, just like other. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Man in the High Castle, another show. I've got tons of people telling me I need to watch it and I just haven't had time to get into Man in the High Castle. I'm going to have to ask Scott at one point how he likes this show because this is the most frustrating show of the streaming era to me. Um an amazing concept that I feel like it's four seasons of a sea story. Like they avoid telling them like getting to it. And I Uh just, it bothered me. And I also felt that the female lead and the male lead were not great actors. And that's hard Mm. thing. Or let's say this, I shouldn't say they're not great actors. These were not the right roles for them. And, and, uh, or maybe they weren't so interested in being on the show after a certain period of time. I see. Yeah. Um, Cause the, the concept is so cool that I, I, yeah. I, I want to watch it. It's just, I just haven't, it's one I just haven't sat down to do. It. I'll have to talk. Cause I know newbie dudes loves this too. And I, and yep. these are people I trust. And it's like, I, we got to, I got one day we'll have a man in the high castle and someone can kind of, cause I've watched the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and I still don't like it. I don't even know why I watched it. Uh-huh. Oh, that's that's not a, that's not exactly a ringing endorsement, Axel. No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. All right, let's go to number seven, Superstore. <laughs> I've I've not watched all of it. I've seen episodes here and there because it's a lot of times it's on one end of the good yeah. place. So I've seen it a few times and I laugh when I see it. So I, I, I haven't watched every episode, but I've enjoyed it when I've seen it. I want. I watched about the first six episodes. I'm just not really a sitcom guy, yep. um, but I think one day I will put it on and like I kind of avoided watching The Good Place and then I was like, I love it. I think I'll get to Superstore because I kind of, it has a great cast Yeah. Um, and I like the characters. So yep. what are you going to do? Yeah. The the number six one I'm interested to see if you watched it because I think they're what are they season thirty seven by now on yeah, Supernatural it's I never know. I can't believe how long that show has been on the air I've I watched the first season and I don't think I ever went back to it since then I but I know people that absolutely love this show so yeah I know I think Donald is still watching this show um, I too watched the first season after people told me to watch it it was on like season ten or something and I watched the first yeah. season. And I thought it was really fun, but then I thought I, I'm just not that into it. And at this point, there's no way. I mean, no. I'd have to take a two weeks off just to catch up. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of television. Yeah, it's, yeah. So uh, let's see. Number five, Watchmen. Yeah, which we're obviously going to talk more about. Number four, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Number three, Kim's Convenience. A Canadian show, which I watched one episode of because I read about how good it was and how popular it was in Canada, and I really enjoyed it, and I think it would be a show that I might watch with Lachlan or the family 
Uh-huh. It, uh, may, it might be a little older for him, but it's it's a really sweet show, and it deals with some real issues. And I think it's just really close to a lot of people's heart. Oh, that's yeah, because I've, I've seen it on the listing on my DirecTV when I go by, but I've never stopped to check it out. I'll have to do that. Uh, let's see. Number two is a very funny show. I haven't seen every episode of this either, but Shit's Creek Me is too. very, very funny. Yep. A great show and a great story, too, of Eugene Levy and his son yeah. in a show together. Great cast. Canadian, too. Love it. Yep. And his number one is a show I'm really glad he put on here because it's a show I wanted to find room on my list. Made them honorable mentions, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I think is criminally underrated show. It is, it's just fun. It's goofy. It's silly. So, I mean, that some people aren't, don't like the goofy, silly stuff, but but it also has heart. I mean, it's it's kind of like a goofier version of Parks and Rec if, if somebody's never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I know there's people out there that haven't, but it's a, I, it's a show I love. Well, I watched the first, whatever, four so see or three seasons of this show. And I just kind of fell off, but I agree. It is, you know, I never got into the office. Um, there's some other kind of more, I guess I missed a generation, but I think Brooklyn nine, nine is going to end up being that show like on streaming and stuff. Like it's going to kind of be generationally defining, and yeah. a, and actually, like when you're saying the streaming thing too, I think this show is better when you stream it. Yes, because definitely. I I I hadn't watched I think I don't think I had watched it until maybe the third season, and we just blew through it on Hulu. And then this season, we started watching it live, and it just was. And then we we ended up stockpiling like five or six episodes to watch at a time because one at a time, it just didn't have. I can't put my finger on what it is, but it just flows better, and it's funnier when you sit down with them. And watch two hours in a row of it instead of just watching a twenty-five minute episode. I I totally agree with you. And a great character. I'm really, you know, I look at Scott's list. I look at Tucker's list. Uh, network stuff, different cable networks represented. I love these lists, and I'm very glad that Scott put Brooklyn Nine Nine at one because it's obviously it's something that it's good to laugh, man. Yes, you know, it's good to laugh, yeah, especially now it's a show you can just watch and you can just laugh. Yes, and that and and everything's so serious too, right? Everything's trying yep. to be this big, huge show. Um, it's yep. good to a lot of people forget. I mean, hey, we both love Lost, and one of the best things about Lost is you knew you were going to laugh a lot every episode. You know, it oh, it had humor in it. You have to have some humor. I always think back at Game of Thrones, and I think one of the mistakes they made in the final kind of couple seasons, a lot of people point the book, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to get into it, but I also yep. feel like they, they took away a lot of Tyrion's hue. Like they should have had more humor. Well, and, and I have no doubt that that's why he was the most popular character. Cause yeah. he was the funniest one. I mean, he was, all, he was, all, it wasn't always funny, but when he was, he was so, yeah, it's, yeah, the humor thing is underrated in a lot of shows, I think, as as an important element. So let's keep it moving back to our list. And I, and speaking of humor, my number six is a, a hilarious show um, called The Handmaid's <laughs> Tale on uh, Hulu. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Yeah. Um, of course, well, we all I'm know. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, Handmaid's Tale is excruciating. But you know what? It gets better if you listen to Resisting Gilead with Gina, baby. Go subscribe right now. I was a guest. John, Tim, uh, great. This was season, what, three, right? Yes. Of Handmaid's Tale. I love this season. 
Season two was a little like too dour for me. There were parts of this season that were excruciating, but I felt like it moved the story. Elizabeth Moss is amazing. Um, I, I felt the addition of some of the cast bringing back some people and giving them a little bit more of a media role, the way that they incorporated some of the stuff from uh, and showed us the outside world more. So my number six is Handmaid's Tale. I mean, I don't want to, you know, some of these shows have been on, people know about them. If you haven't already watched it. Obviously, it's this dystopian future in which women are just simply vessels to have children in a repressive society, um, and it 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 really took a step this year that I had been waiting for it to take in season two, and I so look forward to season four. It's one of my most anticipated things because I just really feel like they have a confidence now. Uh, that can really expand this show. So Handmaid's Tale, that's my number six. Huh, well, it's it's actually a show that I have I've, I've downloaded every podcast of Resisting Gilead. Have not listened to it because I have not <laughs> taken the step to watch Handmaids. Because I know I mean I love dystopian stories. I love sci-fi stuff. I'm just I have not put myself in a mindset yet to watch it because I, I mean I know yeah. the general premise of the show. I know it's going to be hard as hell to watch. I know I'll have to watch it by myself because my wife has no interest in watching it because of the subject matter. So I just haven't. It's one of those shows I know I'm going to love. My wife just, stopped watching it, Andy. That's yeah, and I, I just I have to gear. I have to make sure I'm in the right mental. You do spot to watch it. Yep, it, that's totally true. But it's it's worth it because it makes you think and it makes you feel, mm-hmm. and um, like a. Uh, the Tower of Babel podcast just did their yearly Tobies. Go and listen to that. I love those guys. And Julian likes to say that, you know, TV is like an empathy machine. It makes you feel. <laughs> and yep. this is what The Handmaid's Tale does. Maybe sometimes a little bit too much. But um, let's uh, let's go to your number six. Because your number six makes you feel, but it's a whole lot of fun. Oh, man. This, and I know we talked a lot about this when I came on for the Emmy preview a couple months ago. But Russian Doll, this show is... It was one another one, sensing a trend in my own list here. Again, it was another one I actually sat in. It's only 30-minute episodes, so I sat and binged the entire thing in one sitting one night when Luke and my wife were asleep. Um, I mean, most people know kind of what the premise is at this point, I guess. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say anymore. It's basically a, a, a dramatic version, but still funny, of Groundhog Day told in yeah, New York City. Yep. And Very New York, by the way. Yes, totally. The, the most mm-hmm. New York show since like Seinfeld. I really stand by that. It's so New York. It's you. I mean, I've been in, I've been to New York city four or five times and it. I, even the few times I've visited there, you can definitely tell it has that feel of when you're in New York and Natasha Leone is just fantastic in this. She is so, so good. I remember saying the last time we talked about this, that I had, I've always knew who she was and never was, a, I didn't dislike her or like her. I was, she was just kind of, Oh, she's an actress I've seen before, but she is just mind blowing in this. It's just, it's such such a great show. If you're into, if you're into any type of time travel, or I mean, that's that's not exactly time travel, but it's kind of time travel. Uh, yeah, like I say, Groundhog Day type thing. It's dark. It's very dark, but it's just a such a well made show. I just, it's a blast watching it. 
Yep. And she is, as I described in my initial review, because like you, I, I, I turned it on and I finished it in like two days, I think, yeah. um, two nights, and I loved it. And she's a force of nature. This, she, was, she was born to play this role. Yeah, it's uh, just it's oh, it's so good. Executive produced by Amy Poehler, uh, just fantastic. A great crew behind it, and I totally I'm with you on that one. Let's move it on. My number five is a show we mentioned on. Uh, it's on Netflix, starring Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette. It's called Unbelievable. And it's a story of one young woman who is raped by an intruder. She wakes up and it is goes from there to tell the story kind of concurrently of her story. And then Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver hunting down this rapist. And it is, I mean, this really took me by surprise. And, you know, my wife, everybody said, Hey, it's a great show. It's a fantastic show. The performances are just fantastic. The way that they kind of put make the narrative structure is fantastic. And um, it, it, I, I don't know how to describe in the same way that, yeah, it is, it's very difficult to watch because of the subject matter, similarly to Handmaid's Tale. Um, but the women who star in this just carry the show with so much confidence and they're so alive that it just keeps it moving. And in the same way that they show the, uh, the women who are raped, not giving up and persevering. It's like the show has that same spirit. So Uh you just keep moving with it and you kind of, you're just with every twist and turn and the detective side of it is played out very competently too. And it's not too twisty turny. It's not like they fought, you know, they go at it's just quality all the way around. Um, her name is Caitlin Deaver who kind of handles almost completely on her own half of the entire show. She's and fantastic. That, that that it's a show I haven't I haven't watched yet too. Partially because I know what the subject matter is. It appears on a lot of lists that people sent in. And Caitlin Deaver, you shouldn't be surprised. I mean, she was in a limited role on Justified. She was amazing in Justified when she was on that show as well. Holy kind of as, shit! That's right. That was a yeah. while ago. She she was like the one who Raylan was kind of her mentor for a while. Yeah. Oh man. And, Great uh, Margo Martin, Margo Martindale was involved in her storyline. Yes, you know, unjustified. She was amazing on that. That is the she's the main reason why I want to watch that show because okay. I know she plays a big part, and I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah, well, you should because it's totally worth it, man. Definitely. And we have a lot. You know what? Both of our lists really strong uh, female presence as well in front and behind the camera, and you've got that at your number five. My number five is Fleabag. Now, this show is, like, also we talked about on the Emmy thing for a little bit, where both of us had watched, I think at the time, maybe one or two episodes. And it was, it's, after, right after that aired, it won, like, half of the Emmys that it was nominated for or something. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to, it's, each, each episode, it's another, sh- one of my shows here that's 20 minutes, 25 minutes per episode. So I'm like, all right, there's only six, I think, episodes per season. I'm just going to sit down and watch this thing. And... 
it's definitely, I can't remember what, what term you used when we talked about it last time, but it's rough. I mean, it's, it's a lot of sex it's, talk. It's raw. Oh, yeah, man. Raw, it's yeah. raw dog of, in it. A lot of, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, crass, crass British humor and a lot of swearing and just, I mean, it's very, very, very adult. But the, and the first season I was like, okay, this is okay. And then I kept hearing all these critics say the second season is a masterpiece. And the second season is just amazing. Okay. It's, it's another another one of my shows that has the uh, this time it's two sisters having a relationship. I mean that's the driving force of this show is two sisters. I mean everybody by now has heard the whole hot priest thing. Uh, Andrew Scott plays this priest. Everybody is really just called priest or called sister or father, so they don't really have character names. But he plays the priest. He is just he was Moriarty in Sherlock, the, yeah. the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. He is fantastic in it. There's Olivia Coleman who just won the Oscar has a big role in it. Um, it's just it's hard to explain why it's so good. It's a, a lot of examination of the Catholic church. So any of us that grew up Catholic, it's worth watching for some of that stuff as well. A lot of talking about a lot of Andrew Scott stuff is him talking about being a priest in the Catholic church. And it's just, it's very, I don't know. It's, it's another show that's very hard to explain why it's so good. But by the end of the season, I was just, I mean, it, it just wrecks you by the end of the series. It's just, it's great. I can't speak highly enough about it. Believe the hype on Fleabag. If you can get past the very adult nature of it and the, the, the language and the sex talk and everything else, and at, at the same time, it's devastating, but it's also really hilarious, too. I mean, I don't know. I, I loved the show. I was completely blown away. Even after all the awards love, I did not think I was going to like it after watching those first couple episodes. But it's worth sticking with, I think. It's I love yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I um, those who listen to my Bachelor in Paradise with Sarah podcast know that I have a thing for like women who have interesting noses. Okay, I admit it. I do. I don't know why. It's like my <laughs> fetish. I am totally in love with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I like – I mean I just think that she is not only just stunning but her person – I mean just she's so intelligent, creative and she does – I mean she wrote direct – like she's yeah. just uh, – she is just like I'm in awe of her. And I really want to watch this. Um, but I, yeah, the first kind of episode was a little bit like, I felt it was a little played out. Like I had kind of seen, it was a little like girls slash, you know, but I believe what everyone says and I know her talent and I saw the talent now killing Eve too that I am going to commit myself to watching this. Cause it's only like 12, 12 half hour episodes. Yeah. Right. And the, like, I would say, like I said, the first season I thought was good, but I wasn't like, if I hadn't heard all the hype about how great season two was, I probably would have stopped after season one, man. She has I mean, I was like, it, it was okay. But, I was but, looking at her <laughs> nose again. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfectly She's fine. So yeah. pretty man. It's season two is just, it's, it's phenomenal. And she is just, I mean, she's amazing in the whole show. I mean, besides all the behind, even front of the camera stuff is just great yeah. too. The, the stuff relationship with her sister seems so realistic. I mean, it has, some of it has to be written from her own life. I mean, it, I can't imagine somebody just making that up from scratch. It's just, it's great. That's the feeling I get from her is truth. Yeah, I, I trust I, I, her. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, some of it, a large portion, I, I'd be shocked if some of it or a lot of it wasn't, uh, yeah. wasn't autobiographical to some extent anyways. 
Well, let's keep it moving. Our number four is the same. It is a show that we both love. Heath and I podcasted the first season. We are going to podcast a second season starting very soon. And it is Mindhunter season two. I thought that this show came back really with, I haven't talked much about Mindhunter actually season two. Um, cause we're going to talk about it a lot on the podcast, but I felt that this was fantastic because it just worked on all that they laid foundation of in the first season. And then they, they left that as a great concrete foundation for them to just play with the characters in the world and learn about how this art form of hunting serial killers and finding them progresses, but also how our main characters progress and this stuff, especially with Tench's life is just like heartbreaking. I love this. The direction is out of the fucking world. Andrew Dominic, um, Jeremy Saliner, uh, David Fincher. I mean, these are like the three, my three favorite visual directors working besides PT Anderson and a couple others. I just thought mm-hmm. that this was so f- great that everyone just knows it's great and nobody talks about Mindhunter. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, it's, I don't know. I mean, the show, it's a show that speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it is so good. And I hadn't, I had not watched any of this until you guys started your podcast recaps of okay. it. And I was like, well, you guys are podcasts and all. And so I, I watched both seasons, not until the second season came out. So I watched them all straight through. And one of the things that I thought was even more impressive is that if you didn't know that it was season one and two, you wouldn't even, it, it seamlessly got into yep. season two yep. right after. I mean, it's, it's like they're cut from the same exact cloth. Usually when a show goes to a second season, it's, there's always differences or different. And it was just, it's so, so good. That's and great. I mean, I can't say anything about it that you haven't already. The o- the only thing that I did think was kind of funny is, which I also didn't realize is uh, the guy that plays Holden is also currently uh, singing his way to billions of dollars for Walt yeah. Disney right now in Frozen. <laughs> dude, dude, that's uh, Luke. You- Luke just started watching Frozen about two weeks ago, and I had, I had never watched it because I knew as soon as he wanted to watch it, I'd be seeing it a million times. And he's watching in the background. I'm like, what? Whose voice is that? It sounds, and I, I just watched 20 episodes of him on, on Mindhunter. Yeah. So, Dude, let me tell you funny. something. Uh, Jonathan Groff is one of the most talented dudes that ever. I mean, he, he was, he was amazing on looking. He was in, he's been on numerous Broadway show. I believe that he originated like the role in like spring awakening or a couple other Broadway roles. He's won multiple Tonys. He's great. That was the only thing that kept me going in frozen was hearing his <laughs> voice and Kristen and Kristen bell. Um, yep. but I mean, the whole cast is Anna tour of Holt McElaine. And then they add yeah. new people this season that I just, I don't know, man, mine Hunter to me, it's just unquestionably great behind yeah, the, the production, the writing, the acting, everything. Yep. People spent eons arguing about game of Thrones when they should have given like maybe like 25% of that, maybe to mine Hunter, which is <laughs> unquestionably great. Yeah, there's just I can't find. It's hard for me to even find fault in the show at all. Yep, 
Um, I t- totally uh, 100% agreement. It's great. All right, let's keep it moving, man. Um, let's go to number three. Let's go with your number three because I really love this show. It made my honorable mention. My It's actually my first. It was basically if I had to pull a double Anna and do three <laughs> number tens, it would have been, um, and I'll let you tell us about it. Well, it's a, another show we talked a lot about on the Emmy show, and I think you even had a podcast talking about it earlier this year, uh, Barry, season two. Fantastic. Uh, Bill Hader. I mean, the reason I love it mainly is because of Bill Hader. Bill Hader is just, he is one of my favorite things in entertainment right now. He is amazing. This whole show is, I mean, if you don't know what it's about, it's uh, he plays a hitman who was a former uh, former soldier in Iraq, I want to say. Yep where he was a sniper and it's him deciding he, he moves to LA and wants to give it up kind of like uh, uh, to, to go into Hollywood and to go into acting, not unlike John Travolta and get shorty wants to give up being a mobster to get into the movies, same kind of thing, but a very different show. It's violent, hilarious, dark. Uh, the cast is Stephen Root, Henry Winkler, Anthony Kerrigan is a guy. A lot of people don't know of, but if you watch the show, you will never forget him. His character is hilarious and amazing. <laughs> Um, I just laugh. Some of these shows, you just mention it to me, and I start yeah. laughing. But Barry is so deep too, and psychological, yeah. and the relationship between him and his girlfriend, and him and his oh. mentor, and yes. him and his army buddies. Bill Hader and- is amazing, man. He's like the like Phoebe Waller Bridge, where you're like, how does this person exist? Like Donald Glover, like how does a person with so much talent? exist in the world and it and it is allowed to come out because we know so many talented people in this world that never get to have their voice heard and then you get a person like this and they and someone has been smart enough to give them free reign to create and you get something which is the hokiest hokiest (laughs) of ideas Uh that a that a hired killer, a hitman becomes a comedian or an actor. Oh God. And when I first heard it, I was like, this is so dumb. Yep. And And the haters, the only reason I even gave it a shot. And I'm glad I did because hater is so hate. I'll watch haters. One of those people on my short list. I will watch anything he's involved with. He's great. Or listen to it or read it or whatever he's doing. I'm amazing show. And he's been doing South Park for the past 10 years. Yeah, well, and I even looked up, I I when I was looking at stuff last night, I looked up and just the stuff he's done this year. He was a voice in The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. He was a voice in Toy Story 2. He still has documentary now going on, which is also a very yeah. hilarious show, especially if you've seen the docs they do. Uh, they, they 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 parody. He was by far the best and maybe only redeemable part of It Chapter 2. He's great in it. It's, it's worth seeing just for his performance the rest of the movie. I don't know eh. if I can do two hours and 49 minutes of it. When I found out how yeah. I, I said this on fate, like I was going to watch it because of him. That was the yeah. exact reason. And that's, then I that's the reason the, to watch it. I looked at the running time and I was like, is this the, did they put the first part in the beginning of it again? Or it's yeah, it's, I, I think the the way to watch that movie, I think, is going to be when the director recuts it, and he said he's going to recut it into one one thing. Okay, I'll maybe, watch it. But then. but it's not. I thought it was a big step down from the first one, and I know you were not a fan of the first one. No, so no, no, dude, I did not. But yeah, it's 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 worth seeing just for Hater because Hater is great in that movie. But you, you Hater's were, just 
It is the man. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I'll just say this. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I don't think it is one of his best books at all. And I think it's kind of really, it's got great parts, but I yeah. mean, will somebody just make the long walk? I think that would be an amazing, oh. the Richard Bachman. I just think, yeah. oh yep. God, and especially today's day. And I thought when all that YA stuff came out, all right, we diverge. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> my number three is something again, took me totally by surprise. Um, had no idea that this would end up being my third favorite show of the entire year and stay with me so much. It stars Joey King, Patricia Arquette, Chloe Sevigny. It's called the act on Hulu. I fucking love this show. Gypsy, gypsy baby, please gypsy. I just have to go into it. It's about this woman who basically like Eminem's mom. She, uh, she does that, um, uh, Munchausen by proxy where she kind of, yeah, she keeps the kid sick to get attention. And then the kid grows. I I don't even want it. I maybe said too much, Joey King is amazing on this. I I, I had to go and like watch her on YouTube because it's one of those roles where you're like, she, is she really like this? Like she just inhabit, (laughs) it it was, she just is this girl and Patricia Arquette as well. A fantastic performance. Chloe Sevigny, who has been on a lot of stuff. She's, she's great, man. She's really, her kind of second career is really taken off. Yeah. You got to watch this. Is it, is the, is the subject matter difficult? Yes. But the show moves quickly. It's super weird. It's super interesting. Every time they go to a new scene, you don't know what the hell is going to happen with these two weirdos. (laughs) Uh, the setting is great. The cinematography just across the board. My third favorite show of the year. Check it out. If you get a chance, Andy, it's called the act. And that's, I'll have to do that with my triple feature, triple feature of uncomfortable with handmaids, unbelievable. And the act. <laughs> yes. I'll just stack. I'll just get it all. I'll just have a really depressing week or two. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's keep it moving. We're doing good. Um, our number two, I, I mean, I don't, we, we don't really, we talked so much about this in the last couple weeks, uh, but it's Watchmen. We both loved it. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, so many superlatives come to mind. Damon Lindelof did it again, whether it's the emotional content, the superhero, sci-fi, cool, weird mythology. I just think that paid off on the original. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you said it all. We've all we've all talked about it for a couple of months now. It's just a such a great show. So, a show that I mean, the one thing I'll say about it is I was not the only reason I even gave it a shot was because of Lindelof. I was not a huge fan of the comic. I mean, the first time I read it a long time ago, not a huge fan of the movie. I was like, eh, I don't really care. They're doing a series. And then when Lindelof's name was attached, that's why I gave it a chance. And within the first ten minutes of the episode, I knew I was in for the long haul and. It's fantastic. I think it. I think it actually retroactively makes the comic book better. Yes, definitely. I agree. Um, all right, let's get to our number ones. I'm going to let you go first. Well, my number one is speaking of st- things that are hard to watch. 
It's a show that <laughs> just completely, completely blew me out of the water. Yeah. I it's a show I will never watch again, but I think it's a show that um I mean, well the show is Chernobyl. And it's about what you think it is, the Chernobyl disaster. If anybody hasn't watched it, check it out. It's I mean, the cast, Jared Harris, Stellan Skarsgård, Emily Watson, and among a lot ton of other people that I've never heard of are all just amazing. I mean, the only thing I can compare it to is something like Schindler's List, where it is so mm, one of those shows you comparison. you know I mean it's it's hard to watch and there's no doubt that it's well made. I think it's I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's the kind of show that I mean, they'll show. I think they'll show it in history classes in the future years because it's just so. Some of, I mean, it's. I I can't give it enough superlatives. That it's just. It's it's amazing to look at. The special effects are amazing. The sound is that it's the every the cinematography is fantastic. I just and yeah, oh man, that's coming and coming from the guy who, uh, besides hosting the Watchmen podcast with Damon Lindelof, also like made the Hangover movies. I wasn't expecting anything from this. Yeah, and. I absolutely love Chernobyl. It's my number one. It's great to see when someone is just a great writer, right? And when they turn their lens towards something that you would not think. And he did a magnificent job. This cast is like the greatest Shakespearean act. Like they went out and, you know what I mean? They found just great actors and actresses and like, come on, come with us. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, one person will just tear your heart out, and they have like three scenes. Yeah the the way it deals with the government and how that reflects on not just Soviet society but all human beings, right? How yeah. we kind of bow down to power and how yep. we follow orders and yep. what we think is okay. Yeah. Um it, it yeah, it is a remarkable achievement. It is on many people's number 1 list. It did not make my list. And the only reason why it didn't make my list is because uh I'll never watch it again like you said. <laughs> like it's yeah, so it's freaking excruciating, man. Yeah. There's no happy is. stories that's- in this. No, not at all. I mean, it's depressing. It is rough and it is hard to watch, yeah. but it just, well, it was one of those shows, one of those things that just stuck with me in a way that a lot of things don't. And I, when I was starting to make this list, I was, I mean, originally I'm like, well, I think Watchmen was my favorite of the year or Barry was the favorite of Mindhunter. And I just couldn't, I can't shake Chernobyl. Something about it is just, it's, it burrowed its way into my head and it's just something I can't forget. I couldn't, it's, it's, it's not my favorite. I think it's the best. You if know that what? makes sense. And yeah. it's so undeniably good that I couldn't, I couldn't not put it at number one. It's almost as if it is a radioactive substance coming into yeah. your mind. That was a yeah. bad joke. That was like a DJ yeah. Tim Hines joke. <laughs> that was, yeah. Um, He's here with us in spirit. <laughs> yes. Chernobyl, magnificent, a great choice for number one. And again, I said before that I think that Jared Harris is the best actor on television and I do think he is, but for me, the greatest actor this year was my man on True Detective season three. I loved this is my number one. Mahershala Ali took it 
Stephen Dorff took it to a new level. I know we podcasted on this, so I have a certain kind of depth to and feeling to it, but I expected this to be great and it was greater than I thought it would be. I didn't think that True Detective Season 3 was going to be my number one show of the year, but when I sat down and I really thought about it, it's Mahershala Ali's performance that sealed the deal. I thought that the vision of what True Detective is came through. I think that this was better than Season 1, and I stand by that. I thought it was in every way it worked. The direction, the writing, the music, the way it was, uh, the structure, the way it dealt with memory and loss, and uh, it's number one for me, baby. And it's it's a, it's a show that made my honorable mentions. I still really, really enjoyed it. And you're right, the acting is fantastic in it. I mean, I it's I I can't really say anything bad about it. I didn't dislike it. It just didn't for me. It just didn't stick yeah. in my that my brain just clots way into my brain like yep. it, like uh, like some of the other shows on my list. But yeah, it's fantastic, and it's the Ali and Dorf alone are so. I mean, it's a really a two man show, and those two are both. Stephen Dorf is the one that I was expecting something great out of Ali, but I was not expecting you know because I've always been hit or miss on Dorf, and Dorf is fantastic in that show as well. He was great. He was great, and you know I've seen on best of decade lists. His film with Sofia Coppola getting uh, put being put on a lot of top tens and a lot of top twenties, and I thought he was fantastic in that film, and uh, which I'm forgetting the name of as we're talking right now because we're yeah, two hours into this podcast. I don't think um, I've seen that. I don't even yeah, know what that it's, is. Oh man, what's it has? It's a one word. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting it because it has a it has a one word name. Um. Uh, oh, you know what? We're live on the podcast. I'm looking it up on IMDb, people. Okay, <laughs> we're two hours into this podcast somewhere because I always want to say nowhere because that's how it makes you feel. But somewhere, oh, okay. where he's yeah. kind of himself, and it's and he's got a daughter, and he's staying in the Chateau Marmont, and it's very LA. But I loved that movie, and I thought that he was incredible in it. And yeah, whoever cast yeah. him in True Detective saw that movie and now he's starring as basically the same role in true detective in a new Fox show. And when mm-hmm. we were podcasting, I was like, somebody better steal this guy. And now, and Heath and I are so happy for him. Cause you know, if you can score like a good Fox procedural, that's money yep. in the bank, baby, you know, and yep. this guy has been through it. And I'm not saying that, you know, I don't know him personally, or I don't know what choices he made, but it's interesting that someone who was kind of a part of our youth, you know, yeah, you come to this age and yep. he, when he appeared in true detective, I was like, that's Steven door. Like, yep. I, I was surprised he, they, this guy always, I always disliked him. Cause he, it's, it seemed like even when the camera turned on, he was always trying to be cool, you know? And now he's just himself and I just, I was blown away by him too. So that's, that's my number one true detective season three. Uh, you want to move to let's, I'm going to go quickly. Let's go quickly through our honorable mentions and then our kind of secondary lists. Yep. Um, are you running out of time? You got some more time? 
Nope, I'm okay for a while yet. All right, cool. We've been going like two hours, baby. I, love yeah, it. I, I know. Um, my honorable mentions are, I'll list them real quick. Barry, which we talked about. Shrill on Hulu. A.D. Bryant. Very funny. Beautiful I, show. I like A.D. Bryant. It's yeah. a show I have not. I, I see it pop up on my suggestions all the time. I just haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. It's very heartwarming, and it takes place in Portland. Oh, I recognize right. a lot of what happened, well, a lot of the locations. Yep. Um, another Netflix, uh, well, actually, this is a Netflix show uh, about a uh, a guy in his 20s, I think, who has cerebral palsy, and it's called Special. And hmm. it's like 15-minute episodes, much like I Am Bruno. And if you get a chance, Andy, just put it on and watch yeah. it. It's a special show. It really warms yep. your heart, and it's funny as hell. It, the guy does not take anything seriously, especially his disability, Yep. and it makes it a lot of fun to watch. And my final show on my honorable mentions, again, did not expect this to be here, but I just finished <laughs> it, and it got better with every episode. It stars Henry Cavill, and it's The Witcher on Netflix. Ooh boy, that's a lot of fun, baby. It's another show I've had a couple people uh, text me in the last week or so that are we're big fans of the of books fun. and have recommended it to me. So it's it's one I want to get I want to get started on it, but I have not started it yet. All right, what's your what were your runner ups? Okay, well the the first thing there was two shows I I wanted to put in, but since they're still in the middle of their seasons, I did not. And one of them was The Good Place, which I, I think is one of the could if they they're in their last season. And if they stick the landing, it's going to go down as one of the all-time great comedies. But it's still about halfway through, so I wasn't really sure on that. And the same also goes for BoJack Horseman. Yeah. And BoJack Horseman is very weird, and it's very dark. If you, It's another show where you watch the first episode or two, you're probably going to know if you like it or hate it. I can totally see it goes either way. Um, the other shows that I put on my honorable mentions that just didn't quite make it are the final season of Veep, uh, season three of Glow, Glow is a show I, I didn't. I love the first two seasons. Season three I thought was a little bit of a step down, but I still really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's a show too that if you think you know what it is, you probably don't. It 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 looks like a wrestling show, but it's not about wrestling really at all. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine season six we talked about already. I was a big fan of Stranger Things season three. Another show I didn't watch any of until this summer. I binged the other two seasons right before season three came out, so I watched them all consecutively. I know there's some people complain it's more gory and harder to follow, but I really enjoyed it. And Mandalorian, after watching the finale earlier this morning, I think maybe would sneak into it a little bit later because the the finale is, I think, the best episode of the season. So if you haven't watched it yet, I won't spoil anything more. But um, yeah, those are my last two on that. And then, well, let me say, I want to say that stranger things season three i thought was fantastic i thought much like the expanse it was more character focused um and i feel like it was kind of smaller a bit mm -hmm. and i i liked the way the characters that they put together so that almost made my list and of course you know i love mando baby yeah um, i do too it's it was tough to leave that one off yeah, it was. And you have three shows, and we'll finally talk about Game of Thrones, that you enjoyed more <laughs> because of the podcast community. Yeah, that's, I mean, we'll, we'll, I'll maybe save that one for last. The, the first one is Big Little Lies, where um, 
I absolutely loved the first season. I thought it was one of the best shows that year. And the second season, I thought it was okay. The acting was all amazing. Head to toe acting, especially Laura Dern. I thought this season was fan- just fantastic. But the the story left me a little like, I don't know, is that it? It just didn't. It didn't seem to live up to the story of the first one, and it just wasn't as just the story. And maybe it just it didn't grab me the way that the first season did, or what, whatever. But the uh, the podcast that you guys did made it in like it enhanced the podcast or enhanced the show for me. So the same thing with, with True Detective. So I put True Detective in. Part of the reason I put True Detective in here and Game of Thrones. All three of them I thought were and Game of Thrones is a show that I loved for a long time. And I know this, the last season gets a lot of complaints from people. I still love it. I still think it was a great show. It just none of these three for me were good enough for them to be elevated into my top ten of the year. Yeah. But I, the, the the podcasting stuff in the podcast community and just and I mean Watchmen does the same way, but Watchmen is so damn good that I couldn't not leave that off, not not take that off the list but the other three that like i said it, it just it makes it better and just it makes the shows more enjoyable when you have this community that and a lot of the community i interact with is people that you have basically have brought into this whole thing it's just it's a blast i love it it's makes the shows more fun everything i guess well i appreciate that pal and i have to say that this our lists are very similar. I add Veronica Mars and Bachelor to that, which were not and Bachelor in Paradise, which I cover with Sarah, and we're gonna do her list coming up. But um I feel the same way. Game of Thrones is not on my list because it's almost like my mouth my mind is so clouded by <laughs> everyone's responses and my own and the podcast. But I enjoyed it more. Big Little Lies too. I feel like if I hadn't a podcasted that with Jenny and had mm-hmm. such an amazing and fun time, I probably yeah. wouldn't be as high on that show. Veronica Mars season four. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I especially loved talking with Ken and then later Sean, uh, but it wouldn't make my top 10. So these are things, Game of Thrones, like I said, things that the podcasting community, the people who I've been lucky enough to share this time with you and Roberto and Heath and Jenny and Sarah and just everybody, uh, a hustler, uh, DJ Tim Hines, that, that they really do make the shows better, but they unfortunately didn't make my overall list, but I do have something that I want to add, um, which is my two top reality shows of the year. I always have my reality corner (laughs) reality roundup, only two, both on Netflix dating. Oh, let's hear them. (laughs) Yeah. Dating around, which is a kind of modern, uh, app based dating show. That's very realistic, very cinema verite. It's so much fun over the holidays. If you want to watch something quick with your wife, your, your husband, your significant other, what have you watch dating around. It's a lot of fun. And I think, I don't know if you've watched this with your son yet, but hyperdrive on Netflix. I am not familiar with this show. Okay. It's a car racing show. And they just get crazy different types of cars to run around this track. It's so fun. They give you a little backstory, but not too much. The, The people are from all over the world, all different stories. And the cars are amazing. It's really fun. 
It's fast, and it's it's just a great show to watch with a kid. It's called Hyperdrive, so check that out. Huh. I will have to do that. And I, I guess have, what – Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna, the only thing I could even – and it's not really a reality show, but it kind of half documentary, half reality. So the only show I would even think – I didn't put this on the list, but the only show that I would – that comes to mind thinking of that kind of stuff is The Toys That Made Us. Yeah. It's still a great, great show. The second season of that just came out. It's only three or four episodes, but I mean the – even in the first season, they're just, it's, if you're kind of our age and you're mid forties or even older or a little younger, seeing the backstory of how Lego was started or He-Man or Transformers and all these different things is just a, that's a fun series that I have checked out quite a bit of. So, yeah, th- this season is kind of fun. I think they do a uh, wrestling Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, and there's one other one which I yeah. can't remember. I think it's four. I can't, yeah, it is four. I think I can't remember what the fourth one is either. I've watched the other three. I don't think I've watched the fourth episode of it. But very that that's a great series. But um, I, I'm glad you mentioned that one. They also did the movies that made us. Yeah, and you know, I watched. I think I watched the Ghostbusters one of that, and I th- and I don't know if it's just because I already know so much yeah. about that movie. I was like, it's, I did, it it's was, okay. it's very similar to the toys, but yeah, it was, I think it's just that I, I've already, I mean, Ghostbusters is one of my all time favorite movies. So it might just be that I know that movie already inside and out. So the, uh, and the, the making of the toys thing is, yeah, yeah, I don't think, I think they should just stick with the toys to be honest with you because yeah. they don't have enough depth in those to make it interesting. It's so surface yeah. And it's some of it's fun. They don't get a lot of the stars to show up, and they, they, they give it the old college try, but it's not great. To me, it sounded like a lot of the early uh, bonus features on DVDs yeah. when they first came out, where they were more. It was more of a promotional piece for the movie, and it was like, exactly. yeah, it's, it's, it's okay, but yeah, nothing spectacular. But the toys one is definitely worth watching. I I think I think the toys is much better. Um, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I have two docs just before we get to our last final list and the documentaries, because these were kind of TV documentaries, which is Fire, the Chris Smith Fire Festival documentary on Netflix, which I thought was superior one to the Hulu. Um, and of course, one of my favorite TV experiences of this year. <laughs> so freaking weird. The inventor, the Elizabeth Holmes Theranos story on HBO. Uh-huh. Oh my God. She's probably still getting billions of dollars from old dudes who think she's That's, hot and like her I really had, robot voice, which I actually uh, think is kind of a turn on to me, but I don't the, know. I like uh, ladies I with robot voices and big noses, Andy. What can I, I do? I see. I see that. You definitely have a type, I guess. I know. know. We'll have to get Perry on the podcast sometime so we can (laughs) confirm all this. She doesn't really, I mean, she's very intellectual, but she doesn't have a robot voice. (laughs) Well, that's, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah, The the inventor, I had completely forgotten about that. When I saw on your list, I started laughing because I I remember how just insane that whole thing is. It's just crazy. So freaking weird. All right. Well, we are like at the two hour point and I have had a magnificent time hanging out with you, Andy. (laughs) We're we're in the middle of a guy installing my new dishwasher. Um, (laughs) So we're going to jump ahead and, or I'm just saying, we're not going to jump ahead. We're going to jump to the next point, which is we got two more lists, one from Brett and one from Sarah. So 
Andy, I'm going to let you take Brett. Now, Brett actually sent us two lists, but we're going to do his other list with um, Keith <laughs> Solo because that's the last list we're going to do, which is where Brett traveled to the future and made a list of the top 10 shows for 2020. And so we're going to say that. He's going to say he's such a huge time travel fan that it doesn't surprise me that he has the ability to travel into the future. So. I, well, I mean, that's Brett. He figured it out, man. Yeah, exactly. Okay, his uh, his other his list for 2019 is uh, number 10, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, number nine, Leah Remini's Scientology and the Aftermath. Oh, I've seen a little bit of that show, and it is cr- it's just crazy, man. crazy stuff. Well, let me tell you something. I'm prohibited to actually comment on this because Xenu will strike me down and put me in a volcano. <laughs> but um, I will say that I know people really love this show and they say it's definitely worth watching and I yeah. do want to catch up with it. Yeah, I've watched, I think I've seen most of the first season and I, I watched that, that documentary on HBO about it a couple of years ago. I can't think of what the name of that was anymore. Going clear or being yep, clear. Going or clear, like that, going clear. Which is very good. And we've got, We've got some relatives that live in the Tampa area, so I've been like right near that the big complex they have in Tampa, and it's just the whole like the big pink buildings. It's just bizarre. I don't know. Scientology fascinates me, but me too. Yeah, that's the show I want to want to get back to. Um. Oh, oh you're okay. Oh, you go ahead. Um. Let's see. Number eight, uh, Game of Thrones. Mm. Number seven, True Detective. Nice. Uh, number number six is another Good Omens. Um. Number five is Years and Years. Number four, Unbelievable. Number three, Chernobyl. Number two, Mindhunter. And number one, Dark. Yes. Brett, this is a great list, man. Look at it. Yes. True to Game of Thrones, True Detective, Good Omen, Years and Years, Unbelievable, Chernobyl, Mindhunter, Dark. This is a great list. I love all these shows. I, I am kind of curious because I remember a while back uh, – there was an episode you did. I think it was called Brett's Confession, where he talked about how he didn't wasn't into superheroes at all. And I'm wondering if watch if he watched Watch or not. No, he did. It's like the it's like the anti superhero superhero show kind of a thing. I'd yeah. be very curious to know what he thinks of that. But I, that's for another time. I remember <laughs> him saying that he. I don't think he was watching Watchmen at the time. But I think if he ever catches up with it, he will very much appreciate it and like it. I would think so too. Great list, Brett. We thank you. And I like that. He gets dark at number one. A lot of dark yep. fans. I like it. A lot yep. of dark fans. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Our final list. We've I love this list. <laughs> this is Sarah's list. My co-host for Batch It Up. We're coming back. We're going to be recorded next week. Do a little preview, and then January 6th, I believe, is the premiere of Peter's season. If you're a Bachelor fan, tune in to Batch It Up. Here we go. Number 10, Bachelor in Paradise, baby. Yeah. Number 9, The Crown, which I mentioned. I really liked it this season. Uh, Number 8, This Is Us. Still rocking it. I did watch half of the first season, but I cried too much. Uh, that's, yeah, it's a sh- it's a show I've never I have not I mean I obviously know what it is but it's the same kind of thing where it's just not my not my thing. The one one question I have about that show is I noticed watching football one night that M Night Shyamalan is in the cast for this season. What do you know anything about this? No. Yes, really? yes. I I've, I saw a preview and it was definitely him. That's so I'm like awesome. that cannot be who I think it is. 
And I looked at, I have no idea what he's doing on the show or what he plays, but it's wow. definitely him. I don't know if it was a one episode thing or what, but I, he's not somebody I think of as on screen performer. So besides his own parts, he gives himself. So it, I don't know. I just thought that was bizarre. I want, if I wonder, somebody write in and tell Axel about this so we can find out what's going on there. Oh, I'm going to ask Sarah about that on our Batch It Up podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, then she has uh, Game of Thrones season eight, episode <laughs> two, and episode two only. Okay. That I was mean, an amazing, that, that was an awesome was, episode. That was an awesome <laughs> episode. Um, number six, Bachelorette, getting two bachelors. That was a great Hannah season. Loved it. Number five, Fleabag. Number four, Younger, which is a show that I watched the first couple episodes, and I always wanted to go back to it. It's an interesting um, show where a woman pretends that she's younger to work at like a, a blog or something. Um, and I know it has a very strong audience and it's supposed to be a good show. Uh, I have not, yeah, not seen any of it. Have you ever seen number three, the mass singer? <laughs> I have seen an episode here or there or 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And it's so ridiculous that it's crazy. I, I love that. She, I love that. She put it on her list. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Lachlan loves this show. I think it is super fun. I like Sarah's spirit. That's why I love doing the show with her. Um, uh-huh. And I think that that is a really fun, and I made fun of it. And then I watched it and I was like, I am tripping on acid. This thing is nuts. Yes. Well, um, and I still watch it. I still make fun of it, but it's still kind of hilarious to watch. And I, it's just an insane show it in is, the best way. It's entertaining, <laughs> man. And it knows yep. it. You know what I, yeah. I mean? Like every two minutes they're like, isn't this fun? Yeah. Like it's really <laughs> weird. Um, uh-huh. Her number two, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And her number one show, Shit's Creek, baby. Getting some love here today. Uh huh. I like it. That was a great list. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, Brett, Scott, Tucker, Peter, everybody who, Ash, everybody who sent in a list. We appreciate you. We thank you. We got more lists coming uh, from, let's see, we got like Roberto, Tim. We got the whole Wombacker family sent in lists. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. We got, uh, we got a bunch of other lists coming with Heath. That's going to be released. I don't know, man. I'm almost thinking I might split this into two, a two-parter too. I don't know. We're doing like a three-hour <laughs> podcast here, Andy. Well, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. I didn't think it was gonna, didn't think it was gonna go this long, but it has been a blast. So it has, buddy. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. Um, your let's go over once again. I'm gonna read both of our lists, starting with Andy. Andy had what we do in the shadows, dark and undone, the expanse, lodge forty nine, Russian doll, Fleabag, Mindhunter, Barry, Watchman, Chernobyl, and my list was Mandalorian, The Boys, Dark, The Expanse, Years and Years, Handmaid's Tale, Unbelievable, Mindhunter, The Act, Watchmen, and True Detective. And I'm going to try to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, there's so many lists we have, but I'm going to try to see if I can somehow enter them into something and see which show has the most, but I would have to say Watchmen <laughs> is on a good number of lists. Well, I, 
I was going to I was I was going to uh, wait and suggest this to you off the air, but when I was looking at stuff last night, since I'm such a stats nerd, I had I already put most of them in oh. all the Facebook stuff onto a spreadsheet and kind of started totaling stuff up just so I kind of got an idea myself. Oh. So if you wanted, I could maybe you send me the rest of the list that you have. I could put it in a spreadsheet, then you could maybe announce that with Heath on the show. Done. Thank you, Andy. Okay. That's I, I'm just I'm a huge stats guy, anyways, and spreadsheets just got my thing. So I thought it might be kind of cool, anyways. So I love it. That is a then it'll get then it'll give you something else that you can do with Heath instead of just reading off lists. Yeah, that's true, and and we'll uh, that'll give us something else to add to the four hour podcast. I'll do. <laughs> yeah, with exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is getting into Ramblecast territory. I know. Right? Well, let's let's <laughs> wrap it up, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This was a long one. This was a fun one. Thank you to Andy and his whole family for uh devoting their day to this pal it has been great getting to know you this has been a great year for dvr podcast for tv and uh you've been a big part of it i just want to end by thanking you so much andy i really appreciate your time today and it's been it's been fun podcasting with you pal well, thank you. It has been it has been literally been my pleasure. I am glad to even be the smallest part of this show. It's just it's been fun, and I always was curious to know what it would be like. And I I really love it. It's having it's a blast. And yes, I will be back anytime you need me. <laughs> All right. Well, you will hear from Andy, and you will definitely hear from Heath and I this uh, Wednesday, New Year's Day. So enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've got a list, you can send it to us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Peace out, everybody. All right, buddy. Oh, that was fun. That was very fun, man. I, th- I yeah. mean, it was long, but gosh, it didn't feel that long to me. No, it didn't at all. When I when we took that little break and I went out and Claire's like, "Are you still going?" I'm like, "Yeah, I guess it didn't seem that long."